Yes, hello. I am James Rodens. Today it's WNR 376. It's NXT Update. And I have a pleasure to be joined by the fantastic Monty. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm glad to be back here on the WNR Podcast. How are you doing, James? I'm, I'm all good, mate. All good. All better to have my NXT Update kind of partner by my side to get through it. Because I think that's the thing now where even when I'm watching a program, I'm thinking of you. <laughs> oh, you know that. Thanks, thanks. I agree. I, I understand that. There's definitely some things I've noticed, and I will. I'll be like, you know what, James would definitely, definitely enjoy this. You know, so I, I, I agree. I understand exactly what you mean. We are basically a tag team at this point. I can't watch NXT without preparing a note or something for the show. So I'm, I'm ready to get into it. I'm happy to be back for another update. <laughs> Well, about that, and, and of course, you know, people love having you on. And what they loved as well was uh, Monty as Samoa Joe, as we had on the last update. <laughs> and, and don't worry, we're going to have more of that on today's show. We've got five episodes of NXT and one episode of NXT UK to catch up on to get back on because as everybody's listened to this, we are just a couple of hours away for NXT TakeOver. And I will say, what a SummerSlam party last night as well, eh? <laughs> What what wink, I, <laughs> wink you know? <laughs> well, oh my God, what a, what a lead in! I, I, even if it was a good one, I don't know if I can make it sound like one right now. After it, that was that was pretty bad for me. <laughs> I don't even have well, to say. <laughs> well, we're going to start with the July twentieth edition of NXT. And like I said, there is so much that has happened. But we've opened with video package of William Regal. Minus Samoa Joe of his limits as the enforcer for NXT. Yes, he is still the enforcer at this point. And he can only put his hands on someone if provoked. We see Cameron Cross choking out, uh, choking him out last week as the end is near plays. This was also, I mean, the end is near is probably one of my favorite WWE themes ever as well. Oh, yeah, it's very, very dramatic also. I, I love the drama. I, I must say, though, that I did not think I would miss Scarlett as much as I do mouthing the lyrics uh and when i see cross on the main roster oh my god it sucks without her but <laughs> but the song is great the song itself the song itself is awesome though so i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> but, but samoa joe is here and he has something to say get down to the ring and calls for a mic okay <laughs> tick tock tick tock guess who's come to smash your clock William Regal interrupts. This is not what I wanted, and this is not what I had in mind. I don't know why I'm trying to put on an English accent when I'm actually English, but still, <laughs> whatever. You cannot, you cannot be calling out superstars. Incorrect. The agreement was if I was provoked, and you can consider me provoked. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I, I understand, but last week you went to the ring in a referee capacity. Uh, and then he puts down the NXT referee, not NXT management. Semantics. Cross is out of control. Cross needs to be put down. Did you know about his little field trip to Raw last week? No, you don't. He's not under control. And I'm here to put him under control. Well, Cross is on his way here. And when he gets here, all hell will not break loose. You will solve this problem peacefully. Do you understand? Don't say another word unless it's the right one. Because of my deeply held respect for you, tonight will be the end. Of it, but I can't guarantee that it will end peace. I can guarantee that somebody tonight is going to sleep. Ba-down, bow, bow. 
but out. <laughs> that scene. <laughs> I'm trying to match his intensity, but like Joe is screaming and he he's sweating and he's angry. It's just, so if I yelled a little loud, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 much appreciated. Like I say, uh, fantastic opening segment there with Samoa Joe setting his stool out. Uh, we get a video package with Zia Lee following, and then Tyler Rust <laughs> and Roderick <Yep>. Strong. <laughs> The Diamond Mind, remember them? Versus Bobby Fish <laughs> and Kushida. <laughs> Fucking hell. When, when, like you said, when it's a weekly uh, thing and programme and you're watching like this, but unfortunately with an update, sometimes, like you said, a collection of episodes, this has not aged well at all, has it? Really? <laughs> like... <laughs> at all. This entire storyline, you know, the you know, the whole Tyler Rush being associated with Diamond Mind, it's just... Everything about it is just completely outdated. Uh, you know, I, I again, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen Kushida in weeks. It feels like. <laughs> so, I mean, I can just break down everything about this match. I mean, I've seen Roderick, so yeah, hey Roderick again. But you know, poor Bobby. Like I said, I, I don't know what to say other than yeah, a lot of this <laughs> from this point has not held up, and it wouldn't be long before you know. A lot of this would already be off of television. This is insane. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Diamond Mine was stored in a fish back in the apron. And the final big hot tack got the NXT Cruiserweight Champion in the ring alone with Russ. He made him tap out to the hoverboard lock. And Kushida, like we talk about, was on such a roll. Probably the best wrestler for me watching him for that four or five month period. What mm-hmm. you, do you know what I mean? They've, do you think Diamond Mind has brought him down? Or do you think it's just kind of general booking? <laughs> I think. I think in a way, you know, I think also what also it was a gradual falling down the competition ladder, if you see what I'm saying. I think he the last person of note, not to disrespect Roderick Strong, even though because I believe once Kushida and Roger Strong actually gets in the ring, it will be a really good match because those two guys are very, very talented. I think they they can give you what you want to see uh, in the ring. But as far as uh, his opponents before he even got to the diamond mine, you know, it was randomized. It was young guys that they were given a chance to show like Carmelo Hayes, show what they could do like Carmelo Hayes and, you know, other people. So he gradually, you know, dropped down against as far as like the importance, you know, as far as like importance, he dropped down that ladder as the weeks has have gone by at, with his reign, even though he's been having pretty good matches anytime he's out there. Even this tag match, he shined as he always seems to do in the ring. So, you know, once he's out there, what's going to happen? But how much of an emphasis or how important? I, I think I think I'd be lying if you if I told you the cruiserweight title feels as important as it did with Santos Escobar. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I don't normally get bored watching NXT, but when you've only got kind of one of the four that you like, it's kind of tough. And I put it here the new hill shouldn't lose, but like you said, it doesn't really matter uh, afterwards. But we see L A Knight berating Cameron Grimes as they pulled up in a convertible. Um, he, uh, Cameron Grimes as he goes to get all Knight's luggage. From the trunk, Jake Maverick tries to help. Uh, Knight says, is it bring your idiot to work day? He brought you. Me and you later. You good with that? Yeah, you good. And Grimes says, don't worry about him. I've got this. Then we see a promo packaging for Odyssey Jones in a breakout tournament. He's in a broken records in the weight room. Broken jaws in the ring. And I'm ready to break out. And of course, Monty, that is your pick. It seems very clever pick at this moment in time as well. <laughs> have good luck in these tournaments, by the way. You know this. Good luck. I, I, have, I have never won a tournament. <laughs> Six years of podcasting, I've never won. 
Did you have to uh, go to go back to the drawing board or something at some point? Change your it, it's, I'm gonna, yeah. Uh, it's, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna be like, which one do I not uh, do I think is not gonna win? And then I pick him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see Joe pacing back and forth backstage, waiting for the arrival of Cameron Cross. Then we get Frankie Monet versus JC Jane. And we see Jesse Camara walking out with Frankie Monet joined after the bell by Robert Stone. And Mandy Rose sat the announced table to watch Monet's work. JC Jane got a few good shots of Monet back there. Where alone. Oko put her down with a glance slam. This was a squash. Come to remind us that they're on sci-fi for the next couple of weeks. And then we go to an interview between Wade Barrett and Bronson Reed. And I think even now, more so than ever, <laughs> it's it, like, but literally, listen to this, right? So Bronson Reed saying, my wife, who believed in me for 14 years, and in an instant, I'm no longer the champion. But I can't stay in that mindset. I've got to push forward harder than ever. Bauer asked him if he's wise to face Adam Cole. He said, we all saw what happened last week. He ran his mouth and shut him up. The same thing will happen in the job. You know what I mean? His wife, who believed in 14 years, and we know what's happened now. Like It's insanity, man. <laughs> I, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I agree. You know, you watch that back and you just, you see just how, like, again, it, that image in my mind is him and his wife celebrating the title reign not too long ago. That's still very fresh on anybody's mind if they've been watching. So to see that, like you said, to see where we are now, it is just, uh, man, it's just one of those things <laughs> that, like, puts it in perspective. Oh, wow. How, like, this is the Twilight Zone almost now. <laughs> this is, how I said, this, po- yeah, this podcast in itself is could collapse on itself <laughs> by featuring talent. That was, it's kind of like, it doesn't really exist in its own ulterior timeline. So I can't. Anyway, Kyle O'Reilly versus Austin Theory next. Who, who's gone missing as well? But we get <laughs> on to that. <laughs> Theory yeah. goes to look for no high five. And then slowly realises Garno isn't there to give it to him. Um, he sees uh, Theory set off an anger in O'Reilly by grabbing the steel steps that led him to hitting a dive and knee drop into an e-bar for the win. Uh, I think Austin Theory really showed out in this one. And my favourite yeah. quote was Theory. Theory wants to be like his Papa John. <laughs> right. You know, uh, Theory really impressed in this match. You know, I really thought that O'Reilly gave him a lot of the spot, gave him a lot of a chance to just show what he can do. I, I You know, I don't know what was going on that week, but it just really felt like one of those times that they wanted to showcase, uh, you know, the, how talented Theory is. And, you know, the, the future can be bright for somebody like theory and like what he has. And even with this character that he's developed along in, you know, in this faction on the way, you know, who, who knows what could be in the future for theory. But yeah, like I mentioned, like he's disappeared. I don't know what, I think the last place we've seen him was on the woods on the, on the internet. I guess he took a photo in the woods. <laughs> I have no clue what the hell happened to Austin theory, but, uh, this match, all they are dropping job. like flies. <laughs> they're dropping like help us we're not going crazy they were there <laughs> they are literally disappearing my people i don't know if you have been paying attention but people are these are human beings disappearing <laughs> Thanos is he's clicked his fingers and we've lost half of the roster <laughs> it's a good match though wasn't it like oh, it was really good and kyle o'reilly also did a good job of uh showcasing that a mean streak as they, you know, in, in the coming weeks as he's going to continue to show. But yeah, I thought this was a great, you know, showcase for Kyle O'Reilly also to show that, you know, cause you know what he was mad at theory about, you know, it didn't, didn't really add up to the trying to cripple the man. So 
<laughs> but it worked. It worked. Like I said, it works for what Kyle is going for right now. And yeah, this was good stuff. Uh, we see a backside interview with Raquel Gonzalez. She says he has no chances. Kick doesn't scare me. A bodyguard doesn't scare me. And a little friend who sits on a throne doesn't scare me. After putting Zia down, there'll be nobody left. And, you know, well, all these changes, I'm just glad Dakota Kai and uh, Gonzalez are together. Uh, up next, it's the Mariachi Madness musical from Legado. And Santos Espar told his Mariachi players to leave the ring. He refused to lower himself to the level of his rivals by using music rather than wrestling to define himself. Hit Row arrived to talk down the group. Says first Scott explained that this was his payback for Mendoza and Wild Pin winning the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. The bro broke out between the two groups where B-Fab stayed swerved from taking the guitar to the back. In response, Hit Row isolated Wild, who took a super kick and the guitar to his own back for his trouble. Um, this is the kind of start of the feud that's kind of blossomed in this month. Uh, but Hit Row are just different. What were your thoughts on this? Oh, man, I thought this was good stuff. Everything that uh, Legado Del Fantasma and Hit Row have been doing is just really good. Uh, I thought the promo on Escobar's part uh, was really good. I thought, you know, kind of like, even though I, I wasn't really expecting Legado Del Fantasma to, uh, to give us any music with it, I kind of like that retort, you know, to, uh, you know, Hit Row's uh, Cypher, yeah, I think that's what they call it, the Cypher, the Cypher-style promos that they have been given. And I just like how Hit Row was there to defend themselves. And how many times do you get to see two two groups just actually just not only to give a promo, but fight it out in that same segment? I just thought that was also a nice touch. Usually the heels cower out or usually it turns into a predictable tag match. I just love the way, the flow of this feud also. So, yeah, I thought this was I 100% agree. And then we see Candice is being hard on the way. Indy speaks up. If Austin wants to kiss Dexter, she shouldn't let them. <laughs> Which is one of my favourite lines that I've heard. They just looked at it. What? And uh, then we see Joe still pacing backstage. Regal asks him to calm down. And Joe's saying that I respect you, but I'll be the first man to greet Cross when he gets here. And then Odyssey Joan, or Monty's pick, as I'm going to call him, versus Andre Chase for the breakout tournament. And Chase shocked everyone early by taking down Jones with help from the announce table. Hit Moonsault on the stand of Jones that almost stole the win. However, the big man hit his second wind and never looked back. He planted Chase with a side slam to take the victory. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Because a lot of people are comparing Jones to Henry, um, but Henry never ran out of it for his entrance. So I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, uh, the energy and everything that Odyssey Jones giving me is the opposite of Mark Henry. He never <laughs> thinks to, uh, you know, rile up the fans or really care that much. I mean, even anytime I even think of Mark Henry as a babyface, I don't remember him ever being, you know, that type of, or at least that energetic in his motion. But I understand maybe with the size and his athleticism and some of his moveset, maybe I can see it. You know, this match, uh, you know, was what it was. I honestly was uh, surprised at how much offense they let Chase get in because I really expect Odyssey to just uh, – I, I expected Odyssey to squash most of his opponents just because of uh, what I had seen of him before. He just seemed to be that type – not that he's a, just a squash match wrestler. Uh, I think he just has everything that they need, and I don't understand, you know, depending on who he's fighting – I think that he could just dominate it, and that can help also with his size and that stature. Especially in NXT, it's not the biggest guys in the world. Like a guy like Ozzy Jones towers over Karrion Cross right now. So I really can see like the future and something that maybe even Vince would like. Now I don't know if that means we're gonna see Ozzy Jones long in NXT. We'll see what happens in the next year. 
we can't keep anyone on this brand like we've been talking about. <laughs> Think of the children. <laughs> <laughs> no one is safe unless you're Gargano and Champa. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but anyway, yeah. this match was what it was, and it was really, really cool. It wasn't like the most exciting thing in the world, but I think it, it did a good job of establishing Ozzy Jones, especially charisma-wise, because the fans were really behind him in this first match. Yeah, I think that uh, Jones, like you said, might be on the main roster sooner rather than later. 27 years old. And if you look at, you know, if anybody wants to compare to Mark Henry, go back to Mark Henry from 96 as a kind of bumbling babyface against yeah. Jeremy King Lawyer and compare him to where Colour Odyssey Jones now. And then again, so we'll move on in a sec, but people, this is the thing with wrestling. If WWE had kept Mark Henry and Big Show and were using them in, in, in positions, people were saying, why are you not finding the next kind of stars? And, and instead of, you know, using these guys, and because they've released them, now you go, why have you released these guys that you could use? Because someone like Jones could be there to, to fit the bill, you know? Exactly. I think the thing is, the only thing that, my only thing that I I do like about what a like for example for AEW what they do with the older talent they are finding newer you newer unique ways to use them and I think that's what WWE fails a lot of time they would when they use their talent they're using them for the, the same thing they're not trying to put over young guys it would be great if they could have kept a Mark Henry there to be a not necessarily a manager because he you know he doesn't necessarily have to manage but anything a mentor on television anything could help advance a story that's the only thing that sometimes i, I hate about WWE. some of those missed opportunities but at the same time i agree they do get unfair flack because if they're pushing a big show and actually making him involved in segments and beat uh certain people you can definitely you're definitely going to hear you know the rumors and you're definitely going to hear the same thing when they let that talent go it's just it's a you know it's a, you can't really win when you're as big as WWE in certain cases yeah, that is true. And if we learned anything for this tournament so far, it's a big man always wins. MSK is backstage for the interview. Uh, just about to explain plans for Imperium interrupt the video feed to remind us that the mat is sacred. And we're here to protect the purity of our sport by any means necessary. That's quite catchy. Uh, and the feed comes back and Lee says, and that's what MSK stands for. Uh, I didn't mind this. Uh, it wasn't too bad. And then we see Pete Dunne, now Lorcan challenge the dangerous bastards to scrap next week. Uh, before our next match gets underway, uh, I've just had a vision of Dunn versus Volta for the NXT title. Oh, oh good times. Uh, <laughs> up next, LA Knight with Cameron Grimes versus Drake Maverick. And in the match, the WWE Million Dollar Champion looked dominant because after the ball, kept demand that his butler hold the title high for him. Maverick sent Knight right into the championship, rolled him up for free. Um, the finish actually made me laugh out loud because I wonder how they're going to do it. And I'm just glad Drake has a job at this moment. But this is a story that's kind of keeping me tuned in. I agree 100%. The story here was perfect. The finish was an absolutely, uh, it was genius to me. I just, you know, I, I never really thought of that, you know, uh, of seeing that. That was just creative. I love when things that are done that's creative, but also just like something that I don't think I've ever remembered. This entire Butler gimmick, I think it was, it, this is funny to me because, when you explain it or when you think about this story, this just feels like something that Vince would come up with, but yeah. but like fail to execute. <laughs> if you see what I'm saying, maybe <laughs> it go in the right manner, and maybe it would, because sometimes Vince books some some decent stories when he when he you know when he's dedicated to the to the story or to the people involved. 
But, you know, like, this story just feels like it could go wrong, but Triple H has also allowed Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight, and even, with uh, you know, later on with Ted, he's allowed them to have the freedom to make this story their own, and I think that's what makes it so great. And, that, like you said, that finish was just perfect. I love uh, Cameron Grimes telling Maverick, you need to go instead of celebrating. <laughs> you need to get out of here. That was just perfect, and then he ran right into the clothesline. You know, for the beat down and then forcing Cameron Grimes to attack Maverick. It was it was just perfect. It was really good stuff. And I agree. You know, this is right up there. This I don't I don't know where I ordered this between Index and and um, Joe and Cross. This is right up there as far as storylines that have been just great across the board. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, Grimes is congratulating him after the match, telling Grimes that this is your fault. Start saying the boots to Maverick. Grimes pulls him off and gets in his face. You don't need to do this. The match's over. Let go. No, Knight says, no, it's your turn. You're going to hit him. Grimes refuses to try to leave. Knight drags him back in the ring. And uh, Grimes is beside himself. And then reluctantly uh, <laughs> hits uh, Drake Maverick. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm laughing just because it's it, like the LA sucks chance. And everything like that. the way he went down on his knees, it's, it's the perfect good guy, bad guy. It's, it's what wrestling used to, not used to. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a time capsule yeah. at this moment in time. I agree. Like I said, the booking of L.A. Knight, like I said, as someone who wasn't the biggest fan of Eli Drake or L.A. Knight in the past, or even at first, I was wondering, okay, where they're going with this? Like you said, that old school flair has even leaked into, like, his story, the storytelling, you know, everything about it just gives you those feelings. Like like you said, you look at, it's not often these days, you know, we have so many cool heels, so many heels that want to make, or not that they even want to make you laugh, but so many of them that not even on purpose makes you laugh like a Gorgano or something like that. And then you have it, – it's rare in wrestling today, and you kind of get that appreciation for it because this is how it was when you were, when we were younger and you were a kid that you just look back and you watch and you're like, man, what a scumbag. And that's what I love about what L.A. Knight is doing. Like every week he almost one-ups himself with just how much of an A.O. he yeah. And it, it's just great to watch. You know what I mean? Like you said, it gives you that nostalgic feeling of characters. Without a doubt. And uh, like you said, no cheers whatsoever. We see Joe try to set Cross's car in the parking lot, but he wasn't in it. Drive left him out front, so Joe leaves in a furious rage. And we get told what's happening next week. And then Zia Lee's entrance, and we're going to see the NXT Women's Championship on the line. Raquel Gonzalez versus Zia Lee. We get no Boa and no Mi Ying, so no Tian Shah here. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez doesn't return the favour, though, because Dakota Kai companies are to the ring. We see Gonzalez use a power against Lee early. To the challenger, the champion still posts. Give Lee a target that she would not let go. Uh, but a spinning Vader bomb for the champion, not the wind out of Lee, who managed to kick out but struggled to get up. When the officials allowed the challenger to continue competing, Gazars landed a single arm power bomb for the definitive win. Um, shit, man. Last month, Zia hurt Marce- uh, Mercedes Martinez, as we know in the match, and now it's the other way round. I mean, I've watched Gonzalez since debut. There's no way she's dangerous. And it annoyed me on Twitter with people going, she was dangerous when they've not seen her work. And they just assume that it was kind of her fault. Uh, fair play to Lee to finish. The replay looked nasty. Do you think she should have taken that power bomb as well? And what were your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I think it, from the, I think either from the splash from the corner or from the move before that, it looked like obviously from that moment she was either going through a real problem or, uh, you know, the wind was severely knocked out of her. So, you know, when she took the splash, that seemed to really only make it worse. 
So when she, you know, when you think about it, no, she probably didn't need to take the power bomb. They could have just finished the match, and you know, they've done these stoppages in the past. So I think it would have been a perfect time to just do the stoppage and not make her take another bump unnecessarily. But like you said, she still looked tough. She still finished the match. And I think the match was winding down at that point anyway, even though maybe, who knows, maybe could have had another gear because Zia Lee dominated most of the match uh, from, from my point of view. And then, you know, Gonzalez got her and seemed like she was about to wrap it up anyway, possibly. Uh, but, you know, this match, honestly, like I said, I, I wasn't uh, – too invested into this match. And like I said, I want to oppose this at this point instead of uh, what happens later on. So I just want to say it now. From this point on, I have to say, I enjoy Raquel Gonzalez, but it, it really sucks that her reign has to follow EO's reign because, you know, it's not all <laughs> her fault because like we talked about, the, the talent, the feuds are different, all of that. And I don't want to speak too soon because I understand what we have to talk about later. And how excited I am for this. But I'm just saying, to at this point, before Dakota, before we get to the Dakota Kai thing, that at that point, I wasn't really too, I haven't been as impressed with her reign. But I do not, I agree, she's not unsafe. I, you know, she wrestled many people smaller than her. Everyone she wrestled, for the most part, other than Rhea Ripley, is going to be smaller than her. So, like, you know, if she was unsafe, she would probably have a trail of bodies behind her instead of just... Mm. Uh, this one incident, things happen in the ring. You know how it goes. If you watched enough wrestling over time, you probably, I don't know, I've seen hundreds at this point of just mishaps, and these these things happen. So, you know, hopefully it's not a stigma that follows her, you know, because I know some people get a bad rap. Yeah, I think without a shadow of doubt. Well, then we see Samoa Joe walk into the ring to end the show, and I'd say uh, Monty as Samoa Joe is my favorite as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Carry on cross. Come out to play. Where or oh, where is my young champion? The man who just refuses to learn. So tonight you will learn that there will be a record. Stroll your happy ass down here so I can stomp it all over. The- well, instead, cross the pin. It's on a video screen. He said, this is my world now. This is the way of the future. And this, as he holds up the NXT title, means I can go anywhere I want do what I want and I can hurt anybody I want. For example, hey, Joe, do you feel like you're still in control? He's left William Regal bruised and beaten in the park a lot and drives away for Joe can catch up with him. The end. You bastard. What do you think? Do I have to do the primal scream Joe did towards the <laughs> You can try it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm good. I don't think I got it in me. <laughs> but it was just hilarious. Like, he was right there and then, like, crossed just. Cross with this evil smile. <laughs> Laughs at him and drives off in the car. It was very top-notch dramatics, top-notch uh, male soap opera stuff, if you see what I mean. <laughs> Hilarious uh, to me. Uh, I, I really wasn't expecting this when it happened. I think, I'm not sure, I, I think when this happened, this was right after he t- he lost to Jeff Hardy. So a lot of people on the internet said had a lot of stuff to say about Cross as a character. And, oh, my God, they ruined this Joe thing before it even started. And, you know, you know, doing what wrestling fans do, jumping to conclusions before, you know what I mean, before things are even, you know, uh, even set in stone. And here they come, very next NXT, they immediately reestablished how badass Cross is. You know, of course he attacked Regal, not that Regal is a threat, but just being that, you know, that much of a bastard to attack William Regal. Show that type of disrespect 
to Regal and to Joe, the taunting. And like like you said, he keeps asking who provoked who. Man, all this did was just get me ready for the, the inevitable Joe and Cross uh, collision. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And another good episode of NXT. We move on to our second one, July 27th. We open with a Smojo promo from last week. Uh, consider myself provoked. And then we see Beth Phoenix and us of Raquel Gonzalez here tonight. It's something to say. And Wade Barrett reminds us it's Adam Cole versus Bronson Reed in our main event. And first up, though, some tag team action. It's a Dangerous Bastards versus Pete Dunne and Andy Lorkin. And the DBs actually controlled the early going, but the hills soon turn the tide. Uh, the Blackheart took a hot tag and ran it over with both hills. Rich Holland laid Thatcher on the outside, which allowed Lorkin to help Dunne. This set up a bit of red for the win over Champa and then the return on Holland stood alongside Dunn and Lorkin and he laid out Thatcher for knocking out Champa with a headbutt. Um before your thoughts on this, Ridge <laughs> it's called Ridge yeah. Holland. <laughs> uh, so what do you think of the match? <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. The match itself was absolutely insane. I you know before, you know, Mr. Holland decided to make his presence felt, the match was just going on another level. Oh, my goodness. By the way, I just got to always say this when he does it. Chomper, man, I need help. I, I, I'm, Again, I'm overweight, but at the same time, I never liked cardio. I played sports growing up. I hated cardio. How, what does Champa do to, to stay in shape? Because he seemed like he was clotheslining forever. <laughs> And he just <laughs> nonstop didn't didn't seem he need he didn't seem like he ever needed to take a take a break at all just didn't even break a sweat he's just he's an incredibly conditioned athlete I really was digging this match and then you know what happened at the end I was shocked I haven't you know that Holland has been off the radar for almost pretty much I completely got completely forgot about him at this point honestly uh, but you know it was great to see him back he looks like he's in great shape I wonder how the state that he's in, because that was a real serious injury that he took, that he had. So, like, I know it's been a, a, a long journey. So, I, the fact that he's involved now and, it's gonna, you know, uh, and he's going to be involved with Chompa and Thatcher, I don't see a, a, a downside in that, you know. As long as these peop- these guys, you know, the, the, the brawlers, that is the dangerous bastards and, the, you know, these the great technical wrestlers, uh, that matter of fact, they're both brawling in technical marvel. So, like, as long as they're all involved with each other, I'm a happy man. <laughs> yeah, I think without that, I love a scrap. Um, and if you're gonna <laughs> name that, if we're gonna name that group as well, then uh, I, like I said, I have no idea what we're gonna call them. But like I said, there's a joke in there about Ridge Dunn and an only or something like that. But I'm not really sure just yet. <laughs> okay, uh, we, they definitely need it. They're gonna be. <laughs> you know, continuing to be rivals with the dangerous bastards. We got to come up with more names for these uh, great teams while they're still here. Yeah, well, let's say, how <laughs> fucked up would it be if, if NXT started calling that team the dangerous bastards? And then we as, had to go, it's the dangerous bastards, Chumper Thatcher versus dangerous <laughs> bastards. And <laughs> I hope they don't, but you never I'm know. Giving them a great idea to just screw with us, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they released all the fucking talent, didn't they? So <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they fucked Already us. screwed us enough. <laughs> NXT screwed NXT. Um, <laughs> we see Carmelo Hayes promo uh, saying that he took Shears to the limit and he slapped up Nicole in the face. Uh, meanwhile, Samoa Joe's headed through the parking lot to CWC wearing a shirt that says, provoke me. Nice touch. <laughs> then we get a hit row promo. 
BFAB shows off her bilingual skills. Top dollar as well and declares himself new. Adonis tells everybody to stop uh, talking about Hit Row or they'll get knocked out. And Swerve said, if you didn't know, now you know. Every time I see Swerve, I just honestly can't take my eyes off him. And then Samoa Joe's arrived. Oh, look, this is the last time, I promise. This is the last time. <laughs> Carry on, Cross. I can come out here and bark about you until I'm blue in the face. But I know you're too much of a gutless coward to be in the building right now. So I decided to be proactive. Mr. Regal, would you join me in the ring, please, sir? Well, Joe's already set up a table and a chair before Regal's rival and offers a chair to Regal, but he prefers to stand. I can see the rage bubbling behind your eyes. And I understand what Carrion Cross did last week was reprehensible. It was wrong. And I know tonight you're going to fire Carrion Cross. But listen to me. I have a much better solution. I have a way to satisfy all of our needs in three easy steps. Step number one. With this piece of paper, I tender my resignation from NXT management. Effectively, I quit. But with this piece of paper and your signature, you reactivate me as a part of the active roster here on the NXT. Well, Joe hands him a pen, Regal signs the paperwork, and the NXT extras erupt in cheers. But of course, I said that this was a three-step process. And with this paper, you will make official Samoa Joe versus Carrion Cross. For the NXT Championship at TakeOver 36. Well, Regal hesitates for only a second before signing the contract and a crowd chance. Thank you, Regal, and the two shake hands. I can't remember a match this big in NXT for years. And I know, like we said, uh, Karen Cross with Raw. But if we ignore that and just his booking on NXT, it's the immovable object versus the unstoppable force, isn't it? Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, when you bring that up, like, you know, what match? Maybe, maybe... Maybe Finn Balor, uh, Adam Cole, but probably Keith Lee and Adam Cole is probably the last time I could think of it. And uh, it, even even if you want to say this is even bigger than that, you know, I, I can understand it because of how, you know, dominant Joe was in his initial run and two-time NXT champion. like, And just the build also just feels bigger. Like, you know, Cross is already taking out most of the division. You know, he's to the point now that where he's attacking management. So it's like he's out, out, completely out of control. And then you get someone like some more Joe to come back and take a shot at him. I mean, yeah, I agree. This is one of the biggest stories, not only in uh, wrestling, but like, uh, I mean, not in NXT, but in wrestling. And like, it's one of the biggest, it's like, it's right up there with some, some of the best narratives that's going on right now. And I, I've enjoyed every step of the way, even, uh, you know, as you know, even with some of the bumps in the road, if you want to consider like the trip to Raw or whatever, a bump in the road, I think that this feud has been right on the money. Every NXT, they've been doing a great job just getting us right to where we're going to be. And I just can't wait for that matchup at TakeOver this weekend. You know, about a shout out of a doubt, like is it just a couple of hours away now? Uh, we get Josh Briggs promo, and then we get LA Knight is on the golf course uh, when we return. Uh, how long do you want me to wash your balls for? <laughs> Climbs is cleaning LA Knight's golf balls, of course, as his caddy. Get me a driver. A driver? I'm your driver. No, a golf club. No, no, get me a sandwich. What, a sandwich? Who am I? A caddy or your chef? Grimes bets him $1,000 hit the ball into the trees. He refuses. Grimes ups the offer to 5000 He refuses again. Knight's hit the ball into the trees. He said, I believe you owe me five grand. I don't owe you anything. Now go get the ball. Yes, Mr. Knight. Um, I could watch a series of these two guys. I mean... The scene of Grimes falls to his back is just, the, just it's goofy, but I love it, you know? 
Oh my goodness, yeah, it was great. You know, uh, every everything they've done in, uh, as far as those vignettes have gone has, you know, whether it's low key just hilarious or whether it's just outright, you know, ridiculous in some of the scenarios they've been put in is just great. But yeah, I think so far that I don't know how how you can go wrong with these guys involved with each other, uh, with the with the, you know as far as the vignettes go, just how creative they've been. And then you can even go all the way back to like Cameron Grimes before this feud, and you know just everything he's been doing since he's returned, or before with uh, even with the the Loomis stuff, all the way back to the Loomis thing, all the stuff that he, the storyline that he had going on. He has been great in these like cinematic or like you know sketches or like skits, and they've just been always been great and entertaining. And uh, just just add another one to the list, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, We've got still more of that to come up next. is breakout tournament. Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Briggs. Uh, and even though Briggs hit a choke slam, he could not get the victory. And he fell to an emphatic diving leg drop by Hayes. And Hayes does have the swagger. And Briggs is 6'8". And the only thing I noticed about him is he has some Justice League tattoos, which is... <laughs> fine, I suppose. Um, yeah. And then backstage, Frankie Monet says that she could merge with the Robert Stone brand and better or she could rebuild them for the ground up or she could see with Jessica Mayer to win the women's tag team titles whatever uh Casey Cancelaro and Caden Carter come up and tell them to get back in the line and Frankie Bonner says they're super annoying and then Cameron Grimes is pretend to be a play-by-play announcer in an annoying night the ball goes in the water and Grimes says double or nothing it looks like 10,000 now Knight tells him to go get the ball out of the water Ted DiBiossi pulls up in a golf cart what just because he's playing at the same day, I guess. Uh, right. Guys are... Yeah, it's very lucky. Uh, guys are LA Knight. They only need to hang out to dry. Grimes says, a man my own word, Ted. I thought you'd be more angry if I didn't keep my word. And Dibby says, you weren't born to be a butler. You were born to be a fighter. I want you to think about that. And he drives off. And then we see Ridge Holland is caught leaving the question where he did it. And he said, it's none of your business. And Timmy Thatcher isn't the first person I smashed up. Won't be the last. And then Raquel Gonzalez have something to say. Here we go. So Gonzalez says, last week I crushed one of the most fierce superstars in the women's division. I've dominated every single person who stepped up to the plan. All I have to say is keep them coming. Dakota Kai says, 18 months ago you debuted and you've been absolutely unstoppable ever since. I tell people my best friend, Big Mummy Cole, is the most dominant woman in NXT history. More dominant than Charlotte, Oscar, Baszler. You defeated everyone who stood in your past. And this goes on, continue to go on. Do you know what the NXT division is one of the greatest? It's because of one woman. NXT TakeOver is four weeks away. So let me ask you this. Who is the woman enough to challenge Raquel? Uh, which woman knows they have the takes to stand in the ring and face Raquel? Is there anyone at all? We're waiting. No, there is no one. We've been through so much together. As long as I have your back, you will always be champion. Kai holds her arm up and they pose. Gazala climbs the rope and waves her belt in the face of the extras. And then Kai charges as she steps back down. Now's with a flying knee. She takes the belt, stares at it, and now she's waving it in Gonzalez's face. She drops it on the champion as the crowd cheers. Gonzalez looks stunned, upset, and ready to cry. What were your thoughts on this massive development? Oh, man, it was just what we needed. Just like a, a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. Uh, uh, reign of Gonzalez's. And also, just like, not only besides that, it was just a great moment. It was so well done, you know, in time. You know, at, she's taken out the division. You know, no one has, no one came out to challenge her. So, you know, it was just the perfect, and then also the perfect word, word like wording of things. As long as I'm with you, you will, you will be champion. And it's just like, to go right there and, you know, hit her with the, 
the kick. I love Kevin Owens' reaction to this entire segment on Twitter because he just he was it was just perfect uh, explanation. You know, she was a side kick and then she hit her with the side kick. So it was just it was just perfect. It was perfect. And uh, I, I, you know, like you said, it, it was a very very great uh, dramatic development, but big development and just something that was needed. And it was like it was one of those things that also sends that message of all right now now we revving let's rev up those engines. We're ready to go now because. This can be uh, a great feud for them, you know, not just because of uh, the talent involved, but because of how close they've grown. Yeah, I thought maybe is it too soon or is it just a case like Triple H going, look, I fucking want this feud before they take Gonzalez away or Kai, right. you know, so let's let's do it right now. Yeah, I, I think that's I, it has to be considered with everything going on with all the mystery budget cuts, the call ups, the. The, uh, how much of his talent is gonna has been backstage at the at, uh, you know main roster shows? It has to be on his mind that okay, if I if I have a story I want to tell, I need to pull the trigger. And also, let's just be honest, who's who else would it, who else was left? They that promo had a lot of truth in it. And, you know, unless you were gonna give EO a rematch or you know, I'm just I'm just and EO's a tag champion right now. Like again, so like who who else was uh, who who else do you? plunge in that position. Maybe a Candice LeRae, but she's busy doing her thing, you know. So, like, everyone else I can think of, you know, either are doing something else or, you know, are injured or, you know, whatever the situation is. So, I think it was just a perfect uh, timing also because of, you know, the state of the women's division, at least when it comes to contention for uh, Raquel's title. Well, up next, Adam Cole with promo. This is amazing when you look back at it as well. He said, lately everybody's been trying to attach themselves to yours truly. Bronson Reed was going to be his rebound are you kidding me i'm not a rebound i'm the top of the mountain i'm going to make you fall off i could give a damn about your 14 year journey because tonight would be a very sad chapter in it courtesy of adam cole baby many a true word said <laughs> i would think there <laughs> up next he is training by herself so he starts says they should be training together since the champion shy says no thanks i don't like you uh Stark says come on let's go hang out trust me i promise you're not going to regret this you're gonna have a great time i promise and then backstage mandy rose is talking to jc jane and Gigi dolan rose says get out of here um i bet they're working for the godfather i bet you any money they're undercover there and then we get casey cantazaro and caden carter versus jesse camara and frankie monet uh robert stone could not get the same badge with Monet in the entrance which translated to the match stone calls distraction to set up cantazaro 450 splash for a free count on um they were a loco. I mean, can Stone just fuck off? I mean, holding Monet down and no way she should be eating the pin. And what were your thoughts? <laughs> I think your initial takeaway is literally the only thing I have. I literally wonder what in the hell is Robert Stone adding to you right now? Uh, you know, uh, my Frankie, I just don't understand the point. Like, why would anyone like he is like so far just what like, I don't I don't get it. He hasn't shown anything that's of, of value that make you be like, you know what? I'm a, you know, he can work for me. <laughs> like, no, he's been completely useless his entire time in the division from the beginning, you know. So I, I, I immediately thought that, you know, uh, when I saw that. But the, the match, the tag team match itself was solid. I was, you know, I thought the team, you know, everything went as planned. But, yeah, overall, I do wonder, like, come on, like you said, just fuck off. Like, who needs Robert yeah. Stone? <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally, yeah. Uh, Wade Barrett is with Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivens. And uh, they basically talk about all the drama in the undisputed era. They couldn't break through it until he got a call from Bivens. And Bivens says Roderick Strong is the number one because he's a leader. Who else is going to fucking lead? There's no one left. Uh, <laughs> William Regal. <laughs> he said even William Regal couldn't bring him back, but I could and he said if <laughs> do you like money let's have fish versus strong in a matchup yeah all right um and then we get the announcement that walter versus our dragon off uh will take place at nxt takeover 30 um honestly i cannot wait to say it we've talked about nxt uk this month anybody go and check that one out as well nxt uk update uh and then we get hit row versus imperium and we see Top Dollar picking up an emphatic hot tag run over Imperium. But the girl of Del Fantasma arrived with a smile to cost their rivals a match. While Top Dollar was distracted, Adonis took Imperium's powerbomb, diving uppercut finisher. For the Lostworth sent the girl of Del Fantasma running before Santos Espo and his crew could do some damage to Top Dollar. Um, this was a nice match. Uh, Imperium looking for gold, but I'm digging Legado hit row feud. Like you said, it's just two gangs, kind of, or two teams that just dislike each other. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, I don't know if you ever seen the movie or played the video game of the Warriors, but that's what they kind of remind you. It kind of remind me of that. Uh, of like just meeting up, you know, two groups, two gangs, like you said, meeting up in the middle of the road and just fighting it out or whatever. I, I love it. I, I, and like I said, I like factions anyway, so, you know, I, I obviously with Triple H's booking, if you really think about it over the years, he obviously likes factions, so, and understand that there's value in factions, so I love what they've been doing uh, with that feud in general. And this match, again, you know, Imperium doing what they do best. And by the way, I have to say, give them a shout out. I don't know what the hell has been going on, but they have, like, leaned and, like, ripped the hell up for some reason all of a sudden. Shout out to those guys for getting some top-notch shape because, uh, you know, they, they – they, they, I don't know. We were talking about they needed something. Maybe that mean they maybe they felt like they needed to get in shape. I don't know. <laughs> Well, no, I'm, I'm just hearing they were bitten by radioactive spiders. So, I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> Walter, Walter got bit too. He's like, Walter walking around looking slimmer too. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I, I literally keep telling people, like, put Thanos and Vader together and then you've got Volta. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Yeah, definitely Thanos. He, he kind of favors the, the thing, but yeah, oh, great well, stuff now, though. Now. <laughs> uh, well, backstage, Candice Ray blames Johnny Gagano for Austin Fury running away. There's a knock on the door, and Gagano hopes it's Fury, but it's <laughs> instead it's some handmade artwork showing Dexter Numis as part of the way. Hartwell says everyone deserves a chance, and Gagano says no chance for the race in hell. Hartwell proposes the match between Gagano and Loomis. If he wins, Hartwell gets a man. If he loses, Hartwell can't bring him up again. Uh, <laughs> and then. We see Bronson Reed get ready backstage as we go to a break. And then more shenanigans. The grizzled young veterans are on the golf course. Of course they are, because they've always talked about golf. And they're complaining that LA Knight is playing too slow. They offer a better response. 20 grand to whoever can hit the ball into the hole. Grimes hits Knight in the nuts of the head for his backswing and knocks his golf ball straight into the cup for a hole in one. Grizzled young veterans flee in the golf cart as Knight uh, jumped him instead of Grimes smacking him up. And Knight chucks his club at him in frustration. This may be the funniest thing I've seen in wrestling since the Rock and Sock. I mean, generally, I'm laughing talking about it. That's how funny it was. Oh, yeah, I understand, man. Like, it's just, it cracks you up. It's just so well done. I even love how out of body or how out of character it seemed like G.Y. Uh, 
GYV was, you know, like the the way they drove off and <laughs> the way they were just so terrified of what was gonna happen after what happened. LA Night. It was just it was a great segment. I really enjoyed it, and uh, you just like you said, it's just hilarious and just so well done, and just uh, you know, I, the chemistry also. Even you know, not just Grimes and Knight, but even with GYV, the chemistry was there through the entire vignette. I just thought it was a, a really good fun break from all of the drama that, that, that was going on in between those segments. <laughs> well, especially the slow-mo into the bollocks, as we say over in England. <laughs> uh, and even on, on Twitter, even people going R.I.P. L.A. Night's balls, which again is just, yeah. that is what Twitter was made for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is good stuff, man. It was really, really good. Uh, you know, and, and, and like again, Triple H has a lot of sophomore type things, quirks about a lot of the stuff that he's involved in. So I know that he probably was laughing at this execution once the finished product was ready. Like, like I said, they've been making gold. They really, really have. And uh, the main event sponsor Reed versus Adam Cole. Look, lost all made a mistake by trying to take the former NXT champion to the top rope, taking a super hit to the leg. And sent him crashing to the mat. And just when it looked like the Colossal One was back into it, he missed the tsunami and left in the path of the last shot to give Cole the win. And after the Riley uh, arrived to lay out Cole with his steel chair, smashing the chest of his rival, and then planting with suplex on the steel steps without hesitation. Uh, I mean, was this... It's different now, because I put my note in it. Was was this really a main event matchup with Adam Cole and Bronson Reed? I mean, I didn't mean it in a way of, like, what actually happened. But uh, I mean, what did you what did you think of the match, and was it just set up for Kyle O'Reilly to attack him afterwards? It was definitely, uh, a, a, I think, a setup uh, for that. I think, as far as their caliber, in, in, with for, not only within NXT and just like their match caliber, yes, this is a main event. Like you said, that's why I think uh, I like how you pointed out it's not really involving in the ring. Like, uh, but yeah, I I thought this was a, a great thing. Unfortunately, I do want to comment. I did I did watch this match in hindsight of his so since I did not get the perspective of someone who you know believed that Bronson Reed was gonna have a future uh you know after this I did come in and look at the match as kind of like a last hurrah even though it, it, the release seemed like a shock I don't think I don't think they knew anything but they also didn't want to book Bronson Reed too strong because obviously his future was in question so uh. It, 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 you know, this match was though a, a great match, you know, fundamentally and every, and of course with the, those two involved, I, I wasn't really surprised. Uh, but the attack afterward, you know, yeah, I, you, I can see how this match was just a setup for the attack. And uh, again, I don't know. I, this is what also I wanted to ask you: Are they ditching? Is, is this a ditching of that cool Kyle character? Is this trying to? Are we just trying to see a more, you know, methodical, like sadistic side of Kyle? And he's just going to stick more with that going forward? Yeah, what cool the turn. like? What is this uh, with his character? Because I, I, it is obviously a 180 from the cool character he was trying to portray. Well, you know, um, we were speaking about kind of like Iron Dragon off and the kind of when he's in a matchup, he's kind of the way he is, and then it gets to a certain point, you kind of snap, and there's kind of no control in him. Right. And I, uh, and I think I think they've seen that and they go, well, let's try and do it with Kyle because, you know, and the way he treats Adam Cole and that can take him to the next level. But unfortunately, when you haven't got, I don't want to say personality because I don't think that's the right word. But if you can't portray that for yeah. people just watching, then you don't 
you're thinking, oh, that's a bit fucking harsh from him now because it's, like you said, the goofy promo beforehand and then something serious as opposed to kind of that shock of uh, Ia Dragunov is kind of what's made him who he is. Whereas with Carl, they've not kind of... He's always playing second, second fiddle to Adam Cole still. And I think maybe that's what the story they should be focusing on. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I think, honestly, that's the the detriment to this. I honestly was sitting back and I was contemplating really seriously how much, like, I, I understand how much of a build is getting. I'm pretty sure the two out of three falls match will be awesome. But personally, I did not, I didn't even understand, did they really need to do this a third time? If you see what I'm saying. That's how ahead I feel like Adam Cole is. So, when you feel like that too, I think that takes away from it also. And, and then also Adam Cole, how to? It's hard. I don't know if I'm supposed to have sympathy for Kyle O'Reilly. How, how can I have sympathy? Am I supposed to have sympathy for Kyle O'Reilly here, or who, like who am I? Like, because Adam Cole is not going to change his behavior, so that's another thing. I'm just confused. On at this point, I was very confused on where they were going. But it's an excellent point because it's kind of like, yeah, I murdered people. Yeah, I've done horrible things, but, you know, I'm over that now. Well, hang on a minute. you got answer to that. Like, at least Adam Cole is saying all this kind of shit of, like, well, I'm still that right. kind of person I am. Kyle O'Reilly's going, no, I'm completely different. I want to be kind of validated. or but, And it's like, what have you done? It's like with Cameron Grimes' journey, he's done more now. So when he finally eventually gets that million-dollar belt, um, it's going to mean a lot more. Whereas if Cole beats Adam Cole, we're going to be like, oh, he's beaten. You know, exactly. Exactly. I don't see him gaining what maybe he should gain. If you think about the setup of this entire feud, if he wins, I don't see him gaining what he what he get, you know, and if he loses, it just reestablishes what we already know. So, well, the it, problem. It, yeah, I think one of these things, sorry, I was to say one of these things that I think leads into it as well, because obviously on August 2nd, the rumors started coming out about Adam's coal contract, because obviously it was it's expiring this weekend as we talk. Uh, and of course, he signed an extension at Great American Bash. And you think when you're someone like Adam Cole, who, you know, he says he's the greatest NXT superstar of all time. He's in the top three without argument. Exactly. Why did they let this situation happen? And why is Bronson Reed versus fucking Adam Cole happening when neither guy could are going to potentially be in the company uh, a month later? Uh, exactly. And it, it just it breeds of that of what we also have been hearing as of right now, or at least recently of the dissension between what NXT has planned and what they've been told and what the the higher-ups, you know, have commanded and have been told. Like, you can tell it's obviously a mixture because you don't book that way if everything is so uncertain, if you see what I'm trying to say. Or if you know. It doesn't seem like you should anyway. You know, why would you put him in that spotlight if two days later or three, I mean, three days later, you know, he's going to be released mid of in the middle of another show. Like, it's it's insane when you really think about what's actually going on. And it, I don't know if all of the rumors about a power struggle is true, but I do say on the outside looking in, you know, you can't help yeah. but assume something is going on. Like, obviously a massive miscommunication. Yeah, without a doubt. I completely agree. We're going to go to news about that uh, after a next show. And we're going to August 3rd now. The show opens with last week at NXT. And of course, tonight's live. We start off with Hit Row, Shantley Lee, Adonis, and Top Dollar versus Legada del Fantasma, Oakland Rolled around Mendoza. You see Top Dollar taking control of the matchup, but Escobar pulled the big man outside and hit him with a steel chair. In the cast, Legada del Fantasma attacked his ear, Swerve Scott, 
and ripped a grill out of his mouth. B-Fab was still chair and dollar work together to send Escobar running. But top dollar will only get better. But I don't think I've seen grill theft in WWE until now. Um, this, again, was added another layer to the store between these two teams. Oh, uh, yeah. I, again, I agree. Never seen this in wrestling. It's actually a very, very nice touch, especially in WWE wrestling. I've never seen it, but it's really a really nice touch when you think about, it. like, especially what we were just talking about, the, the kind of, like, street uh, element that that's involved maybe with this feud, whether it's, you know, obvious or not, you know. Uh, I, I, I thought that was just a great way of taking it to the next level. Like, if you know anything about that, Honestly, in my, I, as in African-American culture, just not even just African-American, but just like in personally and just culture for me. But as an African-American, I will say in African-American culture, taking not just a grill, but any of, of my personal jewelry is an ultimate sign of disrespect. So uh, it definitely takes this to the next level and it makes this personal. And uh, again, adding another element to just be like, OK, when they finally get a chance to go at it, crew versus crew or Escobar versus Swerve is going to be great. It's going to be, uh, you know, personal and it's going to be physical. And, I, you know, I, I can't wait to see uh, what that turns into. But, yeah, this only added to that. Without a doubt, and like you said, there's meaning to it now. So it's not just about championship, which which actually kind of makes sense. But now you kind of got the personal feeling. And with two teams right. going against each other, you, you can get tag matches. You get six-man tag matches. Uh, you can get, you know, single actions with, you know, Escobar and, you know, Swerve and until you eventually get to that North American match, hopefully at a takeover. And then, like I said, it will seem a much bigger deal because they've been building it. And, then, you know, even three episodes in, and like I talk about, it's, it's the index stuff, it's Grimes and um, LA Knight. And I think it's this story as well. Yeah. It's kind of going through with your kind of, you know, your, your other three main events storylines as they were. And Smoke Smoke Joe is part of that. Of course, he's backstage with Regal. He's signing him a security detail to make sure nothing happens between him and Karen Cross. We'll take over 36 uh, and we get recap of Rich Holland's return last week and then we get Dexter Lumis video package showing off his artistic abilities and then we get Ikemen Jiro versus Ridge I hope I don't get injured again Holland um, <laughs> Holland hit a pounce outside that sent Jiro to the barricade he ripped off Jiro's jacket bastard before finishing him off with a Northern Lights bomb Holland threw Jiro out the ring after to allow Pete Dunne to speak undisturbed Bruiserweight put over his crew named Lorcan and Ridge is the most dangerous trio in NXT. Prove him wrong. Or dare ya. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, uh, as, as somebody who liked it, can be, I really, it really sucks to just see. I, but, you know, it was one of those, one of those situations that once I saw that that's what we were fighting, I was like, uh-oh. Poor Ikemen. I already knew what was coming. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't going to work. Yeah, wasn't uh, the bit. You didn't draw the best uh, card here, man. You know, uh, but anyway, the match itself, you know, uh, obviously what he was in place for was for Holland to reestablish himself and kind of just show what he, what he, what he can do. And it was, you know, short, sweet. It did what it needed to do. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I didn't have a problem with it. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly want to know, you know, uh, what is the future of this tandem? You know, we'll done. Is it now done and just and uh, in Holland, you know, with, especially when we talk about it and we'll t- I guess we'll talk about it more later about uh, Pete Dunn's future. I really want to know what is the future of this team? Is this going to be Holland's thing going forward? Is it going to be, you know, a, a power store struggle down the line? Who knows? Uh, but, you, you know, still very early at this point. So. Uh, it was good to see Holland back. 
Yeah, without doubt. Even though Rich Holland does still sound like a porn star. Um, but when <laughs> when the pounce is done right, it looks great no matter what wrestler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of these things I love, Pete Dunn threw the mic down so hard it bounced up and hit, lo- uh, hit only Lorkin, which, again, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you went backstage and went, you know it fucking hit me, didn't you? Um, we it, see Freddie Renee. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, yeah, that's what happens to me all the fucking time. Uh, then Thatcher's going, yeah, well, at least it's not a chair, mate. You know what, you know what my partner's like. Um Frankie Monet, Jessica Mira and Robert Stone interview backstage. Frankie takes charge of the interview and says last week's loss was from Stone's interference. And she's bang on about that. And then we get a video package hyping up Roderick Strong versus Bobby Fish. Um, you know, Fish showed that he had a plan early, connected about your kicks and forearms. This word Malcolm Bivens early, but Strong fired back with his signature backbreaker. His Fish fan has come back. The Messiah of Backbreaker planted his vibe for the end of heartache for the victory. And as we know now, Bobby Fish's last NXT match. Could it have been more, or did the injuries really didn't help? Uh, you know, I wonder. I, I really don't know because I, I, like I said, as far as it sucks because I love him in Red Dragon. I love his contribution as a tag team wrestler. But I, I was, I'm honestly wasn't really sure what they would have for him. Honestly, long term. That's why I remember when this feud and um and uh you know undisputed era were breaking up. I was most worried for Bobby Fish because I knew they had plans for Colorado. We knew Adam Cole was going to be in the forefront of whatever was coming. And uh, Roderick Strong was pretty much good on his own, if you remember, in the beginning of the Undisputed Era. You know what I mean? So, I man, out in that situation, if you see what I'm trying to say, would be Bobby Fish. And like you said, the injuries and, you know, just, you know, his age with the, with the current rumors that they're trying to, you know, get younger uh, you know, in, in WWE, uh, in WWE, or just like in NXT, so uh, it's just it's a lot of things that kind of you know took away from him. But you know, who knows? I I, I think he's talented, and I, I like I've liking some of his work in the last few weeks. You know, even if I'm not gonna say he's the most interesting character in the world, but you know, I think he's pretty good in the ring. So it's it still sucks to see, but uh, you know, he got to go, uh, got to leave on a strong showing with Roger Strong here. And, uh, you know, I guess that's the, you know, best way I can look at it. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose if he hadn't had any injuries at the moment, then Roger Strong probably wouldn't have been, it would never have been an undisputed era. We wouldn't have had what we've got now as well. So um, Aaron Port ringside was never really given a chance. And then we see Cameron Grimes present LA Knight with his distant bands and asking him to go. He says he looks friendly, despite that he's wearing a suit. And he better be ready to have his back against GYV. Grimes said he wasn't a man of his word. He wouldn't be wearing a suit and asked if Knight has his back. LA guarantees that he has his back and asks him to shine off his boot real nice. And Cameron gets to work as we go to break, you bastard. And then back from the commercial, Chris and Chunk Veterans got a promo during the entrance. Drake calls Grimes living proof that he can't polish a turd. That he can polish a turd. It gives us that he doesn't know what weird role-playing game they're up to. But friendly advice, stay out of their way. James, my favourite... He's, yeah, my favourite promo in NXT at this moment in time. Uh, and then we lead to Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight uh, versus Grizzled Young Vets. We see the tactical savage planted James Drake with a crossbody, but Knight accidentally distracted his partner. Now it gives him to get a hot tag to take down Grimes. Grimes called to the corner to get Knight a hot tag, but the W Million Dollar Champion jumped off the apron, you fucker. He left Grimes alone, <laughs> breaking his words. The technical savage fired up, but he still ran right into a ticket to mayhem. And then Teddy Bessie cracked the rhymes at the edge of the ring. He told him that he had to find his way out. Ladil for helping him to the back. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? This is just very good 
just like perfect storytelling, dramatic. Uh, for some reason, I feel like Cameron Grimes is probably the only person who who did not think L.A. Knight was going to leave him. I just, there's no way that you know, like you said, a scumbag. You know, everyone everyone knows what L.A. Knight is all about. That's why I say that this feud has not only elevated, or if not, if it's not elevated, both guys it definitely made people take a different view or at least say like for example a few months ago when LA Knight debuted uh he was had a lot of talk but I didn't quite know what he was all about this feud has done a great job of just showing you what type of character LA Knight is who what he's all about and I I really love that and I think this match is a great example of that GYV taking advantage uh of a great spot and they're just they they're always on top notch so I just I thought everyone did a great job in this match Cameron Grimes again getting sympathy the crowd investment in his in in this story is also top notch so just like across the board they just they just kept kept hitting it out the park and like you said it's the little things the you know leaving your partner and all of that these are all things that we probably have all seen before but just an accumulation of just like how much of a jackass basically <laughs> he could be just gonna say but it it gets you though because you're thinking do you know what? They won't make a bad oddball team, actually, maybe for a little while. Exactly. And then when he does it, you go, that's why you go, oh, you fucker. Because, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what wrestling is all about. Like, did you yeah. hear how that makes you feel? Like, that's what you want. And that's the reason why the crowd is like that, too. You know, like, this story is, is just, it's just, like you said, it, it's just great. And they've just been able to reach everyone that that has been able to keep up with this they've been able to reach them because of that feeling that you just get like ah this ah just man la night you just frustrated <laughs> or you know man man you just want so much for cameron ground because you know all he wants to be is the million dollar check and you know and go to the moon like you want him to go to the moon so like this, the story is just perfect in that way and i would say all four talents involved uh, grizzled young vets uh, grimes and of course la night could all be on uh, you, you could have this storyline on Raw, which would play out. You could have uh, GYV chucked over on SmackDown to face, you know, Mysterios and the Usos and stuff like that would be top quality as well. And the thing about it, and I looked at this because I was panicking after uh, the news came out of, like, they're looking for young guys. Cameron Grimes is only 27. So we're going to have a lot, hopefully, of that. I mean, and like I said, this this is a guy who, when we first started watching this together, I wasn't into him at all. It was just like kind of generic thing and then I think the feud with Dexter Loomis and he just he gave everything and it's like this feud he's giving a hundred percent you can't say he's calling yeah. it in or, or nothing at all and I think that's what kind of gets me invested long term like I said that and index and we get a video package recap of Samoa Joe's return to NXT well I'm here for this as well actually and a recap of the Kai turn on Gonzalez well and this so apart apart from that stuff I'm interested in um, we, we see Dakota's explanation come by the way of a video package where she basically says Raquel was just supposed to be a muscle he's supposed to be the one to win the title that was good shit because it's you can understand it completely <laughs> oh my god this is we see this promo <laughs> well, I think without a doubt you know we've seen a lot of it, it doesn't have to kind of be like you know 10-50 minutes long but straight to the point and we see what's going on we see Gagano and Ray interview backstage Johnny says you know what's best for Indy he has to protect at all costs he's not going to be popular but tonight he ends Index for good uh, and then we back from commercial we see Adam Cole's not medically cleared to compete with a number of neck issues uh, mm-hmm. Coventry inform us of face-to-face next week and then breakout tournament first round match 
Chainsaw Joe Gacy versus my pick, Trey Baxter. And the big man rolled uh, early, clearly. Blaine got clearly dazed by all sort of sudden offense. Baxter followed him with an impressive, innovative offense. Kept the action movie finder. Baxter hit a 450 stomp for the victory. Um, I thought the big man went too, down too easy in this. And did Gacy look a bit like an out-of-shape Joe Coffey? That's a great that's a great reference. Oh my God. I knew it was somebody. <laughs> I was trying to place it. I was like, who does he look like? I, I was, I've, I've seen him before. And it's just like, oh man, that's great. That's great. Now and you know, I I've, I remember I was familiar with Gacy and CZW, so I know a little bit about Gacy, but still looking at him, oh my God, that's a great one. With Wolf uh, I see it. I really see it. That's Joe <laughs> I'm about to call him Wolfgang, someone else he can look like, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Like, out of shape UK wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, see, your question throws me off. I'll be ready to go a different way and you take me somewhere else. But, hey, that's a great one. I have to, I had to look at him. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, anyway, <laughs> I was impressed with this match uh, at times. I must say I was surprised, you know, uh, honestly. With Baxter's victory, even though uh, that was your pick. So that just lets yeah. you know I'm already doubting everyone you choose from the beginning. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he honestly does you credit. Uh, well, we get footage from Elitavia Shine Zoe Stark hanging at a Japanese restaurant. He orders in Japanese and Stark just does a, I'll have what she's having. It gets off, gets put off by the food. Six eats a big honking bite of wasabi without knowing what it is. The whole nine yards. And Shirai sticks it with a bill. Um, my only thing, I didn't mind this, but why the funky music in the background? Like, there was real fucking, like, like they're in a restaurant. It's kind of like a, like a really weird, like, who picked this? It just doesn't stand, it doesn't work. <laughs> Again, look at what you noticed. Now, what I noticed <laughs> was just how much food Zoe Stark wasted. It is people starving. <laughs> Somewhere, and just so you can make an impression, you you waste <laughs> all of this. If you don't understand the menu, you you know you either could have gotten translations, you could have only gotten one unfamiliar sounding thing <laughs> instead of the entire meal that EO got. Oh man, uh, I'm nitpicking, but yeah, this this segment really aggravated me because I just didn't think. Is this what people do when they're not familiar with another culture? <laughs> they just <laughs> eat a bunch of stuff that someone else is. Which know. they could be allergic to. Like yeah, they, they could be allergic. Like, you don't know it. You don't have a clue. <laughs> you don't have a clue what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have a plate of uh, nails and uh, uh, and I'll have some glass. Yeah, uh, just like, smashed <laughs> up. That's. And what they did, they, what they did not show us also is that Zoe Stark definitely would have been had to would have been made to clean all that mess up. There's no way, no one saw her throw her entire meal into the corner of the restaurant. <laughs> it's exactly it's just like, what the fuck were you doing? Like, you don't do that, Everest. You don't you don't order everything and then throw it over your shoulder. Yeah, no, we're filming, saying, we're, oh, you feel? Oh, sorry, guy, we just. <laughs> we thought she was like a moron just <laughs> exactly <laughs> anyway back for commercial Wendy Hartwell's interview she said it's complicated on one hand family 
on the other true love. She won't say she's putting for Dexter Loomis tonight, but if he were to win, she thinks Candice and Johnny would see that he's misunderstood and tonight we'll see if it's meant to be. We then see Cameron Cross come down and call Samoa Joe out to focus scene and he gets on with Joe choking security out as he runs away. Their package for all to defend the next UK title against Ilya Dragunov at TakeOver. Walter is just so cool. Sorry, EO. Uh, and then <laughs> back commercial, Kashida cuts a promo. He says he respects Roderick Strong um, and he wants a shot at the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And then Gonzalez will break her silence next week. And then our main event, finally, Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gagano. Love her or lose her matchup. Um, and we see Hartwell running down the ramp to ask Gagano to give Loomis a chance. The Poison Pixie arrived and Hartwell and Loomis met hands below the ring. Distraction allowed Gagano to attack Loomis, partnering with Susan running kicks. The tortured artist went for a springboard elbow. Gagano dodged and knocked Loomis and the Gagano escaped. In soon action, Hartwell took an elbow from Lewis. Loomis. The distraction allowed Gagano to hit one final boot outside, followed by another inside the ring to win. And in a way, tried to walk Hartwell out. Instead, she rang in the ring and jumped at him, kissing him passionately to end the night. Yay! Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? And uh, what, ha- what happened afterwards as well? Oh my goodness, man! The the just uh, I really enjoyed not only the the obvious match. I thought this was one of the best Loomis, maybe the best match Loomis has had, if not in in NXT, but at least since uh, the uh, involvement with Cameron Grimes, of course. Uh, but uh, this was just really good stuff. It was a quality, uh, you know, solid match. And I, you know, Gargano just is we we I talk about it all the time. I don't want to do this. Uh, for another episode, just telling you how great Gargano is. I'm pretty sure you understand that. And this was everything it was supposed to be, if you ask me. Uh, the and, and all leading up to that wonderful moment after the match, and how what a lengthy kiss. What I also liked it was something that that you have to pay attention to with a guy like Lewis, since he does not talk. Uh, facial expressions. He the desperate. He looked desperate at times in this match. And that's just something that you don't really, you know, he's been, a, we all know how cold and calculated and, you know, just how blank his stare is usually is. And he still was obviously the same stoic demeanor, but at times he looked desperate in this match. And it, it just, it said, all, his body language say all you need to say when it comes to, uh, when it involves this story. Because, you know, if he's desperate, that means he really wants this. And, you know, everybody wanted, wanted the index thing to work out when it comes to this story. So it was just a great, cathartic moment you just heard the fans they loved it. It, it it was really good it was really good stuff and you know i also liked how gargano kind of looked looked over his shoulder when it happened and just kind of just stood there like i did all of this for that just to have to deal with it and also overall parent if you want to take a parenting story from this if you ever want to force your daughter or son to stop dating someone <laughs> and you just keep harping on it. This story is another perfect example of how you're only going to force them together with that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your little you girl's going to, yeah, your little girl's going yeah, to run away with a serial killer like you just like. <laughs> that, that is so special, you know, the, the old romances are the best, you know. Like. <laughs> uh, she met Classic him, romance, he, he fell yeah. in love. He was a serial killer. Um, credit to Vic Joseph with the power of love lyrics uh, beforehand. Uh, he's <laughs> he's cropped up a few songs on. I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I've not been as happy since Macho and Liz got back together at WrestleMania 7. I was the woman crying in the crowd. 
Um, that is literally... <laughs> and then serious news, <clears throat> August 6th, uh, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Harry Sterling, Connor Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stephen Smith, Tyler Russ, Zechariah Smith, Asher Hoyle, Giant Zanzir and Mercedes Martinez were all released. Reed and Leon Ruff both held the NXT North American Championship within the past eight months. Uh, Martinez was forced in the women's division. Tyler Russ had just returned as part of the Diamond Mind. Uh, simply put, why would fans bother investing in these characters in their futures on the main roster in even NXT if it's so uncertain? Is everybody expendable or does any one athlete more special than the rest? I mean, I said hints of Keith Lee to Bronson Reed and I met the fact that he could be a force to be reckoned with, not the fact that they both might be released by the end of 2021. And just think about that. Just think about when we started this this entire, you know, the double, me being on the double the podcast, you know, where everyone was at just when all of that began. And now look at where we at now to where we don't even know where two of the most talented guys in the world, whether they still have a job by the end of this year or, you know, or whether, you know, in, in Keith Lee's case, we don't even know if he'll even be wrestling again, you know, much less, you know, employed. So it's just it's insane. Uh, and then, like you said, back to these particular releases, like we said, it was hard to review these older episodes or watch them post, uh, the, you know, the news because it's just like they that's how prominent on television a lot of these guys and gals were. You know, we like you said, we just watched Zia Lee injure. The last time we seen her, she was injured. And, you know, now, you know, she's gone. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just crazy to think about that. We talked about this in the past, just how much talent they, uh, they've they gotten rid of when we just we mentioned the Wyatt release. So think about it now. And then, like I, like I was mentioning earlier, the women's division and how we were saying this is one of the deepest women's divisions. And now that whole we are in a whole entire new that fast with just. And it didn't it didn't take any time. It felt like it, just, it didn't take any time for us to get where we are. And it's just a complete whirlwind of, you know, news. I, I couldn't believe. Yeah, it's 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 just horrible, you know. Like I, I know it's like, oh well, you what are you to say something like this? But it's like you said with the talent as well, and it, it's with the fans because we do invest. You know, you buy T-shirts, you 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 pay for monthly subscriptions. You know, your DVDs and games and all this kind of shit. So. You, Fans will, you know, rightly get upset. And then we got Dave Meltzer revealing that Triple H, Shawn Michaels were not involved in the decision to release multiple NXT talents recently. It was Vincent Mann, Bruce Pritchard, and John Laurinaitis who picked them, and uh, claimed now, like we talked about earlier, we touched on it, defending that a lot of old uh, competitors, uh, NXT are too small and too old. The wording is no more midgets. They want starting in their thirties, and they want people who can be box office attractions and main characters. Um, I mean, but when's the last time they built a box office attraction, you know? Exactly. You know, even with the young talent that they've accumulated, we've seen a lot of young guys who have already come and gone who are younger, you know, and uh, who were younger at the time. You know, like, don't don't tell me this is what you don't tell me you're looking for young talent when you when you have people like you have stories and situations like what happened to EC3 when he was just a young guy who was just on your roster for a long time doing nothing. Looked like a million bucks. You couldn't use them. The, you know, I, I could go down a, 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 a large list of people who are who don't fit that criteria. And Bronson Reed also don't necessarily fit that criteria. I mean, I don't know. I don't know his exact age, but he can't be that much older than, you know, uh, some of the other talent that they're showcasing now. Like, and, and you know, I, I just, like I said, that entire thing 
that's what you hear. That's what's being reported. And the thing is, I already knew that that Triple H and Shawn Michaels or whoever, the NXT had no say in these releases because it just didn't make sense. Like we said, it didn't go in line with recent booking. You don't use that much talent when when they're at risk of being gone or when you know that you don't or you're not sure about them. You don't put Bronson Reed in the main event like that if you're not sure about them. So it's just uh, incredible. I don't know. It's like you said, it's crazy. It's something that me and you both enjoy. I honestly over the last you know few weeks was seriously contemplating how much longer will we be doing these NXT you know things based on a lot of the things I'm hearing because it just it almost sounds like NXT may not be here for long or at least the way that we think of yeah. NXT. Well, this is the thing, and and dubbing our podcast itself started watching it. Weirdly enough, it was Joe Watch we started watching first with him in NXT, and then watched NXT, you know, an hour show being taped, and then you see all the rumors now coming back. But even then, you, you know, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, people like this. Bronze Free's 32. You know, like we talk about oh. Bray White's 34. 34 Bray Wyatt was uh, Bobby Lashley's 40, 45, 45 and you know he's he's done you know it was so I kind of age even think we're still 12 years to develop it, it's unbelievable and there's a tense and sour move reportedly overshadowed much of the performance center ahead of the August 10th episode of NXT mid further releases from the brand of speculation regarding the future it's no real surprise um no, the sh- no not I mean <laughs> what do you expect you know like um, well, the show opens with a recap video covering highlights of Joe and Cross. And the commentary informs us that Ember Moon isn't clear to compete. So we think she's been released because that's how we work. Did you panic at that point? Or did you think, oh, well, she might actually just be injured? Um, at this point, I don't know what to think. Like, when I hear that now, it's either, like like you said, my my mind races to injury, to uh, to actual injury, which sucks, to release, which sucks, and then to COVID, which I don't even want to go there, but I still even think of those things when people disappear. So, yeah, definitely panicked when I heard the news about him. Well, Dakota Kai is the surprise uh, opponent for Sarai. Uh, she first says that she's going to defeat the undefeated sign and show everyone that she can be the new NXT Women's Champion. It was a physical back-and-forth contest that pushed the captain of the team, kicked to dig deeper in the repertoire to stay in the fight. Warrior's son hit a low drop kick in the ropes. We looked like it killed Kai, but she decided to go for a second one and missed. Then Kai caught her opponent with a Kai kick for the victory. Gonzalez arrived to save Saray from the continued attack on Kai, running her off. And the NXT Women's Champion grabbed the mic, promised to tear her former friend apart at TakeOver. It was a good opener, but I think it will take time for Saray to find her groove. Was she rightly positioned here? Yeah, I think uh, this is a, a, a great person for her to go against when it, when it comes when, if Ember Moon couldn't go doing this with Dakota Kai right in front of this match because Dakota Kai could use, not that, not that she need a victory, but it's always nice to to big up your contenders before the, the, the big title match and you know get Kai a nice victory and as far as you know Saray goes, like you said, it's going to take time. She's going to have to establish herself a little bit more. I do think she's positioned because I think before this she's pretty much undefeated so it was might as well go and get that first loss out the way, you know, and then reset, and we'll see where her footing or see where she sets up to be over the, in the in the coming months. Because we know uh, in this division, as good as it is, you could be a next thing you know, Sarai can be contending for the title in the next two to three months, if yeah. depending on the direction of the booking. So you know, you just got to give it time, and we'll see where she's at uh, as as these day these weeks go by. Well, we get a recap of last week's main event. We get footage of Indy Hartwell doing a makeup for her first date with uh, Dexter Loomis. 
Garno and Larea at the kitchen table talk about how they're going to make this work when Loomis rings the doorbell, carrying roses and wearing a shirt covered in tiny skulls. Johnny greets him when Callis chats with Indy. She asks if she's got protection and Hartwell says she's a former tag team champion, <laughs> so it doesn't need protection. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Gagana has an awkward, what are your intentions with my daughter chat with Dexter? Ran to him while Loomis just stares on in silence. Eventually the two lovebirds leave and Johnny reveals that he's got a track on his phone as we go to break. I mean, people will either love it or hate it, but I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Like I said, the entire metaphor from the beginning of them, base, of Candace and Gargano being parents and just how much they're playing this up and actually going along with it. I get, Like you said, you're, either, you're on two sides of it. You either love it or you hate it. I think if you've been keeping up with the NXT update, you know where me and you both are <laughs> Everyone should know where we stand on everything. Uh, the way to everything index, everything they, they, they've been doing, it's been great. And like you said, entertainment at its maximum, I guess, because I'm always chuckling or just smiling when I know the way has a segment. Well, back for commercial hit row in storage container with a trash fire roaring for some reason. They call the girl Adele Fantasma out and say if they want to disrespect their culture, they'll disrespect theirs and they burn a lucha mask. And a lot like you kind of elaborated on last time. And yeah. even for me, it's like, right, well, Lucha Mask for Mexicans. And like you said, now it's kind of going, well, if you weren't sure what it meant, this is kind of what it is. And then it's like, right. Right, exactly. Uh, which I quite like. And then Ia Dragunov made his entrance. He gets on the mic. He's not a man of big words because where he comes from and the path he's going, words don't mean anything, but the struggle means something. The sheer blind belief spirit has meant something. So he puts all his strength, not into his mouth, straight into his fists at Taker 36 you witness chaos and rage in history will be made an unbeatable kingdom falls with the ends Walter's reign becomes NXT UK champion and Pete Dunn talks about how without him traveling the world's NXT UK champion to carrying the entire continent of Europe on his back he wouldn't even be here which is I would say made true it's true uh, he put him in his place a long time ago Juggler says not here for anyone else here because he carried his so often destroyed body straight to the top He'll make the impossible possible and beat Walter. And that's something Dunn can't change, especially something he never did. But he'll put his will with words and he's challenge him to fight tonight. Pete says tonight he won't make it to take over. Uh, I love uh, Dragunov, but his strong points are his promos. But for me, Dunn versus Dragunov in a dream match. And the reason why I talk about how important Pete Dunn's role was is because during that title reign, I know not, not a lot of people watch NXT UK now, but he was the kind of reason why it became they made the brand from it. It was because him, it was because of Tyler Bate and the kind of talent yeah. they had that they made it into NXT UK. And I have been personally waiting for a rematch between Volta and Pete Dunne since 800 days. You know what I mean? Since Volta beat Pete Dunne, <laughs> I always thought we were going to see it again. And uh, we've got Aya Dragunov there. Uh, what do you think of Dragunov? Because, I mean, as a, an American audience, maybe not used to NXT UK and with a weak promo, do you think that would affect him a little bit? Or do you think to see him wrestle. <laughs> uh, I, and, and see, and I'm privileged because I've been able to watch a little bit of what he's been doing recently in the last five, you know, six weeks, you know, with our update. So I've been paying attention and the promo fits a little bit in line with, you know, like you said, it wasn't the strongest, but it fits in line with what I was used to from uh, this story. And I, I'm so ready for the match. You know, I kind of, you know, didn't really even pay that close attention to the quality of, of the promo. But I will say this, uh, like you said, once he gets started, once he just get, once the bell rings, I don't think it even really matters. That's just how good he is in the ring. I think he showed it 
on August 10th, he's going to – and he's probably going to show it again. And I know they will show it again when he gets a chance, get his hands on Walter. So, you know, uh, I do agree. I think it more so of, like, you know, once you just get him in the ring, none of that even really matters. But at the same time, uh, I do know how American audiences are. And if you have a bad promo or a showing that is less than stellar, it can be something that follows you. Like someone in their mind may have watched that and thought, Okay, this dragon off guard may, may be good, but on the mic is obviously, you know, and so yeah. I can see, you know, people doing that and latching on to that. But he's so good in the ring, so intense. His matches are so fun that I don't really care that, you know, the promos are not necessarily the best or, or you know, uh, great for him. I just don't want them to Cesaro him, you know, in that kind exactly. of way. Exactly. That's you know? the fear. I agree yeah. 100%. You do not want to get into that range of, uh, underappreciated and you know because <laughs> yeah. like no one is more underappreciated because of what people believe about his talking ability this is all so yeah i agree that's a great uh thing to be paranoid but i want you know, like again once that bell ring oh my god like i don't know how you take your eyes off dragon off he's great oh, like i can say that well we'll uh, i'll, I'll gush over that in a little bit we get la night first interview backstage with cameron grimes in tow he takes issue with being accused of leaving grimes hanging saying he lost match despite night's best efforts to keep saving him so la gives him an opportunity to clean up his own mess but he failed ted obviously tried to fill his head with all this talk that he's special but cameron is just a butler there's only one man who runs this and night will be in action after the break against age uh, andre chase chase with advantage of a couple of hip toss but <laughs> just to the ropes and then Binfall with his snap mare driver was over and done. And then Knight tries to make Grimes shine his boots, but he's interrupted. Enter the million-dollar uh, man, Ted DiBiase. DiBiase said he's gone too far. You knows Cameron's a man of his word. He could be doing a lot of other things. Zale tries to say he wants to be a butler, but Ted says Grimes has a lot more going for him. He believes in him, so does all these people. He tells Cameron he can do whatever he wants and follows his heart. He knows he wants to be champion. He thinks if LA Knight puts a million-dollar championship on the line, Grimes would win. Knight said it's scientifically proven that Cameron can't beat him, but he give him another match to take over 36. When he wins for the third time, Grimes won't be his butler. DiBiase will. Uh, Ted says a very interesting proposition. He's a gambler man, and his money's on Cameron Grimes. And he's got a lot of money. The stipulation is set. Uh, and like I say, how much of a heel Grimes would be if he won and laid out Ted DiBiase would be unbelievable. Um, what did you think of this whole? What did you think of Ted DiBiase here? And what do you, first off, what do you think of the segment? And what do you think of Ted DiBiase's delivery? Uh, the segment uh, itself was uh, was fine. You know, the match was like three moves. I think you literally, I think your breakdown of it was pretty accurate. For what happened. It really didn't take long at all for him to dispatch of Mr. Chase. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was all about you know getting to that, you know, getting to making this match again. And uh, I, I, I like how we got there. I, do, I must say, you asked a great – I'm glad you clarified the question about DiBiase because his delivery at times was so – I, I don't know if he was just trying to do it for dramatic effect. I guess it kind of worked because that's what I, I kind of – I looked at him like, he is taking forever to say what I already know I think he's going to say. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I'm not, I don't want to say, you know, I don't know if he's doing it on purpose. I don't know if it was just whatever, but yeah, it, it, I definitely noticed in his delivery, it was a little bit, like I said, I don't know if he was just going for extra drama, whatever it was, it was a, lo- a lot of pausing, a lot of, <laughs> you know, not, not the clearest of thoughts. I don't know if maybe he forgot the line and needs to jog his memory a couple of times. I don't know. Either way it go, uh, it, 
it uh, accomplished the goal of getting us that match that we want. Well, uh, anybody wants to go back and check this one out, I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Because uh, Ted obviously seemed lost and repeating himself a couple of times. And I don't know if it was L.A. Knight or Cameron Grimes, but they actually the line at the end, so you are on. So you can either hear Grimes or Knight going, uh, as DiBiase looks at me, and they go, so you're on. And he goes, so yeah. you are on. And it's yeah. and you're thinking, whoa, if they're going to have to f- like feed him as he goes along... Like, yeah, it is was, it, it was it was interesting, man. It was very interesting. I just hope he's okay. Like, not in a right, yeah, exactly. Really hope it's yeah. nothing that you know, uh, but you know, and, and things happen. Like I said, it could just been a slip of the mind or whatever it was, but yeah, it was it was a little bit it was alarming. I'll say that. That's the best word I can use alarming. Yeah, I, I would agree there. Then we see a Gigi Dolan promo, and then back from a break, we get Amira Miller versus Gigi Dolan, accompanied by JC Jane. Dolan dominated uh, before Miller could even attempt to come back. Dolan planted her with a double stretch buster for the win. Uh, I just want them to show me something here. Come on. What is her drag queen? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I do joke about that, by the way. I know. I know she's not. But it was just, what the fuck is it? Like, not in a. You know, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I I am interested. I will I will say it's, it's different. That's what I'll say. You know, the the it's almost like she walks out there in a trance in her entrance, almost with the with the rose. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. They're going somewhere with it though, and uh and uh, this rose imagery, and we've seen her talking to Mandy Rose. So maybe a rose will have maybe it's a faction uh coming with a rose in the name of some sort. I don't know. But <laughs> no, no, uh, literally, we'll like, we'll yeah, we, we will. Uh, we get Cole O'Reilly <laughs> face off next. Regal may clear that Adam Cole versus Cole O'Reilly will end with an undisputed finale. It'll be two out of three falls match with each man choosing a stipulation. Cole O'Reilly wanted to straight up rest of the match because he's so fucking boring. That's why. <laughs> I mean, who picks I'm sorry, but I want one day someone to go, yeah. Well, we're gonna have a fucking death match as the first fall. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, uh, okay. Well, I, do, I like, really wish, and I wish it wasn't Kyle who had to deliver it because, like you said, it just hammers on. Oh, and this is why we don't like you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, you're so bland. You like van- like you go to an ice cream shop with him, and you're like, what ice cream do you want? <laughs> oh, I love vanilla. It's like, oh, <laughs> Exactly, like, oh my god, straight up wrestling match. What is wrong with you? This is your chance. Even Adam, I think Adam Cole's initial reaction was hilarious. You like, you could have picked anything. <laughs> anything. But literally, how many matches have we seen? And he goes straight up wrestling. And like, oh, fuck. Uh, Adam Colo says he's been. Uh, <laughs> Of course, he's taught him. He's been trying to live up to the legacy 13 years and ride on his coattails the whole way. And Carl will never be Adam Cole. He's the greatest NXT superstar this brand has ever seen. And Carl O'Reilly is just a footnote in that career. You know, so when Carl O'Reilly wins, this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know? um, he's soft and pathetic and a brawl breaks out. Security holds him apart uh, as Adam Cole announced it's going to be a street fight. And then Regal says, the third fall, it might not happen, but it's still cage. And then they kind of act it's like, so who gives a fuck, man? It might not happen. Like, you know. All joking one aside. Of, this, one of the competitors sorry. already guaranteed that it won't happen. He literally said, doesn't matter what you pick, will you? <laughs> it's going to be 2-0. and oh. 
Like, shut the fuck up, William. Like, I've just said this. Uh, this is one of the last times that we're going to see Adam Cole in NXT, no matter what happens. Yep, that's what it's looking like. Uh, it's amazing, right? Uh, we've come a long way with Adam Cole from the North American Championship days, you know, Undisputed Era, of course, just in general days, and his reign, oh my goodness. It's crazy, though, you know, and if it is, if it is, ending it off with Kyle O'Reilly does kind of bring it full circle in a way, you know, putting over someone in the faction that is kind of the old school way to do it. So if it is his last time, if he's going to the main roster, if he's going elsewhere, man, what a blow, in my opinion, though, that is going to be when you lose someone like Adam. Yeah, top tier player. Did we cut to Thatcher and Champer cutting the promo backstage? Talk about how Pete Dunlady Lorcan need a third to put them down. Rich Holland is young and big and this interview choosing people like him, but Holland isn't Thatcher, isn't Chumper, two men who have travelled the world perfecting their craft. They choose this industry and they continue to choose this industry. If Holland wants to try and make his name at the expense, they'll party and Tom tries to claim the match, but Tim, with all due respect, says he wants Fridge and class will be in session and then Chumper fuck again all the time. Every time now I see him throwing that fucking chair as hard as he possibly can. Uh, <laughs> we get a promo from Imperium. They get interrupted by MSK, who mock their style of speaking and say they're the IV drip putting new life into the tag team division and offer a title match because they're fighting champions. And then up next, huge. It's the NXT breakout tournament semi-finals. It's Monty pick, Odyssey Jones versus my pick, Trey Baxter. It's a court Jones with a series of forearms and literally had him beat throughout the whole match. Right, he landed a snap <laughs> kick to the face. He was making him grog. The big man was out. Referee should have called it, right? But he didn't. And then, luckily, had fucking somehow fluked an avalanche with a spin outside slam for a win. Uh, somehow Jones gets a win. I mean, can you believe that? That, that fluke after being dominated for so long. <laughs> I'm trying to, again, do you understand at this point when you tell me you think a team or a person is going to win (laughs) and that they're going against the person I picked, it's house money at this point. You know, it's just, ah, I got this. I got this sold up because James got the worst luck in the world. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what's happening to your Odyssey Jones, there's no way. And honestly, that's another thing I thought, and I hate, I hate that. This is I was like, oh my god, the WWE machine is getting to me. I was like, there's no way, little Trey Baxter. I called him Lil. There's no way, little Trey Baxter beat Odyssey Jones. Like, oh, oh. It reprogrammed me. The little guy cannot beat Poor Odyssey. Li- <laughs> Poor little Trey Baxter. He doesn't. He doesn't. Serve any of that. Well, we get a short and cryptic in show. He's just sending us to the break and back for commercial. Kushida leaves William Regal's office. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a cruiserweight title match. Well, spoiler, there's not. Up next, Boa versus Drake Maverick. Uh, with Zeal out of action following a devastating loss, Boa made clear he's ready to prove himself for Tian Shah. But Drake Maverick actually was more impressive in this matchup until Tian um, forcing Ying to get involved. She sprayed Mr. Maverick's eyes with a distraction. Boa connected with a roundhouse kick for the win. I mean, look, fuck Boa, but first off, at least Drax survived another round of cuts, you know? So that's good. Yeah, You know what? And that's one of those things that I'm like, I was thinking, I was like, there's no way they're going to release Drake Maverick again. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Like, at this point, like, 
I mean, they could. I'm just saying. I just want to. I want to know how this go. How this? And I know he's like panicking. He's hearing about. He heard. What? What do you think his reaction was when he heard Bronson? He shit himself. <laughs> I know he had to. He's out like you know. I forgot about you. Know, Killian was before that, so when Killian was gone, I'm pretty sure he was already in a panic. And you hear Bronson Reed, he lost it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Back from commercial, we go to Dexter and Indy's date. She's a chatterbox and says she's always have room for dessert when a rate rolls up with a coconut cake. And it turns out to be Johnny Gagano and a bad wig and moustache. When she pulls when she pulls it off rather than him off, Gagano decides it's his cake. A tug of war breaks out and Kay goes in Dexter's face. Johnny runs away. Hartwell reminds him she's always has room for dessert. And she eats the cake off his face as the camera fades. Uh, I didn't mind this. One of the funniest things is a fake moustache over a real moustache gets me every time. <laughs> it is a nice touch. I wonder, did he know how ridiculous he looked? I think right after that segment, NXT, or or I think it was NXT's official account, reposted the picture. Or it was him himself who reposted the photo of how he looked, dressed up as the bartender, and he looked absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I It was, like I said, to, to be that the person to have that courage, to be able to, to make fun of yourself like that, Gargano is just so great in those little moments like that is the reason why. Like, I just love Gargano so much. This is perfect thing as well. Can everybody listening going, oh, well, no, it's comedy. You can't be comedy and be serious. All right, who's better than Johnny Takeover? You know, at a Takeover event, who's better than Gargano? <laughs> like, that, that's the most amazing part. Like, he's this entertaining, and I don't think his, he's lost a, any of his in-ring at all. Like, that, the, the thing that makes him special in the ring is still there while him while he's you know while he's you know showcasing this character that's you know beyond entertaining and I think that's just one of those like like I said like you said who's better than Johnny Gargano who's better than Johnny Takeover who's just better than him in general like I, he's top ten in the world because of that ability in my opinion or because of what he's been doing over the last year or so he's he has the the track record over the years, especially with matches, but now with this character work and what he's doing as of right now, I don't, I don't think he's been better than what he's been, his recent, his recent the way run. Honestly, it has been fantastic, and it's he showed a dramatic vignette of Cameron Cross versus Mojo when the NXT champion ride everyone like Joe. It's a monster similar to him. We get a large dragon off video following to set the stage for our main event, uh, which is of course dragon off versus Pete Dunn. Um, this was an amazing main event. Uh, we see damage done. Did uh, left hand of Dragunov took away much of normal contenders' offense. Kept pushing him through, all the same, refusing to quit after hitting a diving senton. Dragunov looked to, up to see Volta and done used the distraction to end this with the bitter end. The ex UK champion tried to attack the number one contender after, but Dragunov fought him off and stood tall with the championship. Uh, people ask me why I watch NXT UK. This is why. I thought this was a very uh, a perfect display. This is that moment. This is the moment that I, I kind of mentioned earlier where I was watching the show and I was like, yeah, James, enjoy. I know he's salivating at the mouth or just enjoying this, whatever it is. I know he's just having a good time with this because it was just a great showcase of what they, you know, what those guys in NXT UK is all about. Pete Dunne, like you said, no, no one exemplifies the brand more. You know, then Pete Dunne really, like you said, even without being there, I think he's. I, I don't think you would argue that he's still like the face of that entire, you know, you know, brand. So 
getting in the ring and having a classic, you know, back and forth matchup like that with uh, Dragunov. You know, I, the only thing I hated was that someone had to lose this match. I loved them both. And in their current position, I didn't want Dragunov to get pinned this close to the title match. But in the end, it's not. At the end of the day, I kind of rationalize it as it doesn't hurt to lose to someone like a Pete Dunne with his repertoire, with what he's known about and how well built he was as a former champion. I don't think it hurts as much, especially with Walter's interference or uh, involvement. And I also love the look. They didn't stare down much. They didn't give you much to hope for. But, you know, the little shrug, the little bit of the way Walter, you know, kind of stared at Pete Dunne in there could be a tease of something to come maybe down the line maybe in the future who knows but you know uh this was a great like you said display for nxt uk that if the plan is for because for pete dunn getting the victory it means he's protected but obviously we can't do long-term storytelling but if this happens i'm gonna be happy pete dunn well if joe beats cross as maybe people are expecting to and then pete dunn beats joe and then we yes. get volta versus dunn for the nxt title towards the end of the year uh, I'd just take that all day long, depending on the results. Like I said, I could be, but it was just great to see these guys just giving everything. And uh, I said to you, uh, Aya is Superman, but Volta is his kryptonite. And yeah. you saw it perfectly the way it just, it's almost like a childlike state. And we saw it uh, in the next week's episode as well. But before we get that, uh, we're going to jump into NXT UK quickly, August 12th. Just one episode. We see Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness welcome us. We kick things off with Flash Morgan Webster versus Wolfgang. Of course, we mentioned Wolfgang earlier. He has Webster in a fireman's carry. Webster escapes and turns it into a poisoned Frankensteiner after Webster connects with a knee to the face, followed by a centre on the fortune. Webster offence runs dry. And Wolfgang splits him in half with a destructive spear and picks up the win. Uh, it was a fun little opener. Both men have a long history between themselves and the NXT UK tag team title. Nice sign of respect at the end there as well. Yeah, I thought this was really, really good. You know, it was interesting to me that uh, the slap left a mark that lasted a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, from the beginning, I really thought that was that that was hilarious. But anyway, uh, uh, this was an awesome, you know, big man and smaller man match, kind of like with some tr- traditional, with some great striking and great. Uh, you know, but you know, just just great action, like you said, and uh, I just enjoyed. Uh, you know how Webster, you know, forced Wolfgang to endure a lot, but at, in the end, you know, being one of the biggest and baddest in the world, he was just, he was just too much. And I, I thought it was solid. It was a great way to start off the show, and uh, yeah, it was a great sign of respect there at the end, and just good stuff, man, all, all around. Yeah, about that. Well, in two weeks, Joe Coffee and Rampage Brown will square off in a highly anticipated matchup. The only way to win is by pinfall or knockout. Backstage, Mark Andrews, Danny Luna talk Andrews pick match. Against Noam Dar later on, Isla Dawn sneaks in their interview. She and Luna started getting into it. And the UK performance set the Mustache Mountain. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, of course, are eager for the NXT Tag Team Title match gets pretty deadly next week. Yes, boy. And then assistant <laughs> to the general manager, Sid Sculler, announced that in two weeks, Ginny will face off against Eva Valkyrie in a no disqualification match. Ginny's partner, Joseph Connors, will be allowed at ringside, but he will be locked in a shark cage. Uh, Ginny is not too happy about this. And then we get a Mel versus Nina Samuels. And uh, Samuels rocks a Mel with big ba- big backbreaker. Mel returns his favour from early on Samuels with a knee spin. Then drags Samuels to the centre and drops her with a Northern Lights suplex pin combo. But she doesn't stop there. She hits a spine buster. She calls the heartbreaker into the one, two, three, picking up a huge win over Samuels. Uh, Nina Samuels has been one of the kind of mainstays. And the Mel's coming across. 
It was quite an upset. What did you think of the match? Uh, before I get to that match, I do want to, before that previous segment, before that, I do want to say that Joseph Connors only said like one one phrase after he found out he was, and when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, he actually is trying to be William Regal. I get <laughs> it. I heard it. it and it, it really, it really just, it was a light bulb. A light bulb went off. It went on, came on in my head. I was like, oh my God, you, he was, James was spot on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> this was a solid match uh, from both ladies, you know, uh, even though it wasn't always the prettiest, you know, and I thought they had their moments. And I agree, I was uh, surprised that Amir won, you know, decisively, even though at the same time it was a, a very competitive contest. Uh, I also want to say this, this has nothing to do with wrestling, but man, do I love to look at Amir. But anyway, that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much well, what I wrote. <laughs> well, I I also I like looking at Aya Dragonoff. So I mean, we just keep things, you know, fair. I don't mind Nina Samuels, you know, just anybody, like you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a lonely guy. No, uh, tensions are mounting as the NXT UK champion Volta and Aya Dragonoff pair for the highly anticipated rematch to take over 36. We saw a clip of what happened on NXT. A backstage, Saxon Hutley interrupts Symbiosis interview. And then we find out next week, Mika Satamora put her next UK championship on the line against the future Stevie Turner. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm like. And now the main event, the quarterfinals of the tournament for the Heritage Cup will begin as, as Mark Andrews takes on Naam Dar. The match and all the matches in this tournament going forward will follow the Heritage Cup rules with six yeah. three-minute rounds until an opponent can score two points, thus crowning him the winner. Uh, first round ends nil-nil, cagey stuff. And then similar to the last round, no points were awarded in round two. Round three, Dar sweeps the leg of Mark Andrews, causes a delay in the matchup. TMN and Rohan Raja make their way down to the ramp to watch this match closely. Of course, the eye is always watching. Uh, Andrews fights through the pain by hitting a double foot stomp, followed by a stun dog millionaire. Andrews misses the move from the top, causing him to get trapped in the knee bar. Uh, Andrews can't take the pain anymore. He taps, giving Dar the first point. Um, do you know who Oasis are? The, uh, I don't want to sound, I don't want to be ignorant here, but obviously British band and uh, they've done a lot of heard of them. Well, I'm familiar, but I've heard of them. Right. They've done songs like Wonder Wonderwall and stuff like this. And, and Dar's knee bar. This is did an album called Champagne Supernova. Right. But as we know, uh, Noam Dar knows himself as Supernova and he basically calls it the Champagne Super knee bar, which (laughs) I, I, I just think is genius. (laughs) i'm sorry i had to explain this but i just i I had to share it because i was like oh i really like that with dar um <laughs> into round four with dar one the up the fatigue starts to set in andrews versus an ankle lock from dar turns it to a stack pin and gets the first point in the match and then into round five with one full each both men trade knee strikes and this round gets going. Andrews looks for 619, but Dar grabs onto Andrews' bad leg, hits the back elbow. Andrews plants a choke some, but refuses to go for a cover. Instead, he heads to the top, but Dar pushes him off. Andrew lands on his bad knee, and Dar uses this advantage by hitting his Nova Roller for the second pin and gets the win. Two great talents here. What did you think of the matchup? And first, Noam Dar is in incredible shape as well. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I agree. You know, I, I noticed that too. You know, he's in great shape and um, looked looked really good in this match. As a big Noam Dar fan, I really enjoyed Nigel's comments. Um, you know, he's putting over how much Danny Luna just wanted Dar, even though yeah. she, she showed no interest. She 
she was literally telling him to go away or piss off, and you know, and uh, and he throughout the entire match, Nas is just emphatically saying that she wants uh, <laughs> no M Dar, and you know, she she uh, at one point uh, after the first fall that Dar uh, <laughs> got, I, I know I could have swore he definitely said that Danny Luna was ashamed of Mark Andrew <laughs> in the corner while she was giving him water instead and, you know, was basically tearing Mark Andrew down, which she obviously wasn't. And it was just hilarious. I was about to say, it, even Nigel saying, like, and look, she smiled at Noam after the end of that <laughs> round. Like, why she did? And Andy Shepard's going, no, she didn't, Nigel. No, he did And then even Dar kind of blowing the kiss at the end after he won of going, there you go, love, I'll see you later. You know, right. just like <laughs> he is such a he's such a, he's just that guy. He's like one of those guys that you you know just a, a scumbag in a way. But man, do I love Noam Dar. He cracks me the hell up and always. Has, and this match was just great. You know, I love how much mess he talked throughout the first half of the match. And you know, as as a matter of fact, I don't think he ever stopped talking. And you know, uh, he just wrestled a smart match. You know, and once the pressure ramped up and it was tied, and you know. Uh, it was, you know, rooting for him can be frustrating, you know, because he was, he couldn't leave Danny Luna alone. Uh, and it almost seemed like it would cost him in the end. But he, you know, I was jumping for joy because he's just such an a-hole. But, man, did I enjoy this match. I love Noam Dar. And uh, I I, told, I picked him in the beginning. This match is a perfect example of why. I want to see more Noam Dar, more Heritage Cup matches, maybe even a run with it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Oh no M Dar is that good. Yeah, and wait for Sam Gradwell gets knocked out into his first tournament match. And of course that is my pick. But uh this was a really crisp, well delivered <laughs> main event. Uh, and, and the even thing I like about Noam Dar that's kind of get forgotten about is that Shah Samuels is usually is kind of heavy at this yeah. moment in time. Uh, and even though he knows Shah is not with him, when he gets to the ring for round one and goes Where's Shah? It's that it's that storytelling of like people go, well the wrestlers should have said something. And he goes, he does. He goes, where the fuck is he? And he still wrestles <laughs> and still wins, you know, like little things. Yes. It's a great touch. Good stuff uh, all around. Yes. Without a shadow over that as I talk over you. Uh yes, that's <laughs> UK really good this week. Right. Next up, August sixteenth. And we originally reported that the tapings for NXT will be taking place next Monday and Tuesday for the Capital Wrestling Centers. It's unclear whether WWE will be taping all episodes of NXT going forward or if this is just a temporary move. We, the tapes are going to air on August 31st, September the 7th. No word on the dates of the net set of tapings and starting this Tuesday, a new logo along with changes to the lighting and format of the show will be introduced. Um, which will be interesting. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? It seems like they are really doing wholesale changes. Yeah, and honestly, my my initial thoughts are uh, we just did this podcast just marveling through how different things are over a number of weeks. Just wait until they start to implement these changes and we're even further behind (laughs) another five. Five weeks from now, we could be talking about a completely different NXT so I, I honestly just threw my hands up in the air. I kind of face palmed or whatever. I was just like, oh, you know what, whatever. I just got to keep up with this because it's obviously <laughs> we're in for big changes. Like the changes are not stopping. That's the one thing that's not going to ha- uh, stop. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, 
is this going to be changes for the better or is it going to be weird changes? We'll see. You know, what type of what type of uh, new thing is this going to be? Is this going to be on more of the raw underground style or just be one of those, you know, great changes for the better that people will actually want to mention and act like actually happened? When do when do things usually change for the better? Or am I just being negative? People go, they changed my favorite program. Did they? Yeah, it's better now. <laughs> That's a great point. I can't think of time. I can't think of it. <laughs> Uh, well, we get some news as well. Kushida is not cleared to compete as we head into our last episode of NXT. August 17th, show opens with the usual recap hype reel. And then Malcolm Bivens in the ring with Diamond Mine, or two of them. Uh, he said there's one thing he activity. He's not going to get negative. He's going to get full negative as Kushida's a liar and a coward. But he gets it. He wouldn't want to defend his title against Roderick Strong either. I think in the near future, it would just be Bivens talking with no one behind him. And he won't realise... <laughs> <laughs> my man, I, was looking at your man. <laughs> I, I originally looked at it and was like man look at how beautiful this faction looks now <laughs> they're only missing one guy but you know the other guy's a coach so this is only a, this is a one wrestler <laughs> faction at this point the <laughs> yes. Gardo versus strong yes <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Fuck you know. Well, who's going to answer the case? Who's, uh, who's going to answer it now? Uh, Kushida can't. Well, it's Aya Dragunov comes out, and he just seems to work harder the match the uh, longer the match went on. He caught strong on a rope rebound. We're back. Uppercut to still his victory. Uh, dra- or the torpedo Moscow, as uh, people will know it now. Uh, Dragunov demanded Volta afterward, who did not answer. And I. This is how much I love Aya. It looked like a vein popped in his head when the blood yeah. started pouring out. Oh, like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I was trying to figure out, like, I didn't know if it was the short elbow or whatever it was. What cut him like that? Because it was just gushing and it was a great, it was a perfect cut, man. It was right on the money. Like, yeah, he looked like a, and then he just looked so insane, but he's still moving and literally with a cut on your forehead, your finisher is <laughs> attacking <Yeah>. your <laughs> Isn't that Is that, <laughs> I don't know why you had concussion issues later on. I, I, <laughs> right. You know, it, it really makes you wonder. But, yeah, he's a tough bastard. It was good stuff. It was really, really a good, a good match. I, I, I must say that Triple H found, about, found out or saw the releases, and he said, you know, screw it. We're going to lean on NXT UK these next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ilya. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> it's true. You're going to see Kaylee Ray soon, and uh, people are going to start coming across. You're going to be like, there you go. Um, it's all, it, like I said, it was a great match between the two. And if he's losing to Volta, if I is, then give me Aya versus Kushida, because that is a match that would just be incredible oh, in different ways. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, until they both get released next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's your top 10 favorite wrestlers? Well, they've just all been released, weirdly. And I don't know. We have to laugh to keep from crying, guys. We don't want to. Yes. Them. Oh, we gotta. 
We're not laughing at them. We're laughing at the situation. The whole situation. Uh, Christ. We see Samoa Joe making his way to the arena. And then we get a prime target video package for Adam Cole versus O'Reilly. I'm about done when it comes to build up for that. And we see Hit Row make their entrance. <laughs> B-Fab gets on the mic and tell, talks about Santos Escobar ripping Swerve's grill out. He calls Santos out. Uh, Escobar interrupts Hit Row in a tartar and asks Swerve to come meet him in the parking lot. And he's all alone. And he's off to give the grill back. So, of course, he'd be fine. Uh, but oh, obviously, <laughs> Mendoza won't attacked. Uh, but Hit Row... Even the odds, Swerve got Escobar alone, laid him out for walking away with his grill back in his hand. Uh, this feud had been bubbling nicely. I think it was really well filmed and done. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I agree. Again, like I said, well done, well paced. Like everything is going at the right motion. You know, uh, everyone's involved. No, I don't think either side has been overexposed or, you know, no one's made to look bad. I, th- I love how this has been like, you know, six people who are, well, really seven who are all involved with each other, but no one has been like, has looked to a point to where it's just like, okay, they have, they are just embarrassing one side. It's been a very balanced feud also. And, you know, like I said, when we get that eventual title match or, you know, not only that, but the tag match is going to be, you know, hot in the CWC because they've been doing a really, really good job of building this story the right way. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, when we get a WWE.com video of LA Knight training and bragging about how Teddy Boss is going to be his butler after takeover, he approaches Josh Briggs and promises him 10 grand if he injures Cameron Grimes tonight. We see Imperium get a promo vault says tonight. It isn't about him and Aya. It's about Martha Barthel and Fabian Eichner teaching MSK a lesson. And then Million Dollar Man said Boss is on commentary for the next one. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Josh Briggs. Uh, and we see them putting a bet on at ringside, uh, adding it to 10 grand. I think it was like said 20 grand bet uh, if uh, Cameron Grimes could get the job done, which he did when he um, hit the cave-in for the pinfall victory. I'm just pausing for effect. I've not lost my page at all. Um, so what did you <laughs> And post-match nights laid Grimes out and slaps and taunts Dibiossi. Um What were your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, the match itself, again, was, uh, I, I, like I said, if you want to say that uh, Cameron needed to kind of get built up in a way in the ring going into their match uh, at TakeOver, uh, you know, I thought that's I thought the match did its job when it came to that because, you know, we kind of had that a similar thing happened with L.A. Knight and his kind of squash match. So it was cool there. Uh, L.A. Knight being a douchebag and laying them both out. Only problem I may have with that is that it was expected, kind of. <laughs> he like what was stopping L.A. Knight from hitting DBI the second, like the second time? Nothing. Like he was right next to him. Like it was nothing gonna stop him from attacking him again. No way he was gonna pay him. So uh, another scenario of uh, just showing how much of a you know dirt bag that uh, L.A. Knight is. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think we've come to a point in that feud now, the way they've built this takeover match that. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing DiBiase become a butler, but I just worry that he'd kind of forget his line every week, if you know what I mean. And <laughs> they, they yeah, to that. I, honestly, I think it's time. You know, I like DiBiase, but I don't think he, he he needs to be around every week for the next, you know, however long they're going to continue this feud. I think it also could be just time for either, you know, for Cameron Grimes to, to prevail, you know, to a because yeah. I don't necessarily think I'm that Ted the, the butler, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> no, and, and, no, and it, like I said, if things don't work out for NXT, you can always walk Andrade out to the ring, can't he, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we get Johnny Gagano and Candice LeRae hanging out when Indy Hartwell rolls up. Disgusted when she retells it, uh, re- relates the details of her last date with Dexter Loomis. Aside from the hot air balloon ride, which they admit is pretty cool, uh, she threatens to get matching tattoos and wants to take things to the next level, to which Johnny says there's no real proof. Wrestling as a team. Gagano says how the cake tasted last week, and Hartwell says Dexter loved it and even had room for pie. But that wasn't on the menu. Oh, oh I see. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the mute and, you know, his pie eating, but, you know. But you can sure you know look at I it. Say, I must say that if we, are still, if we are still of the understanding that he is a serial killer, we all must think Thank Indy Hartwell for sacrificing her body <laughs> to prevent murders everywhere in the Florida area. It's <laughs> like, Dexter she's, wrong. she's laying in bed and he's just sitting in a chair staring at it. His <laughs> <laughs> eyes wide. People, you know, women do have a thing for that whole, you know, that art, you know, the starving artist, the artist thing. But, you know, he got everything. He got every all these other red flags. Fuck, you know. Um, like, he wanted us to focus on the fact that he can draw. But he just got so many other red flags. It's a, it's a killing. It's, it's like, no, <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. Well. EO Shy and Zoe Stark are interviewed backstage. Stark says they are completely different backgrounds. They don't speak the same language, but just like Rome wasn't built in a day, this friendship won't happen overnight. Shy cuts her off and says they're not friends. It's only about <laughs> defending the titles. I mean, I, EO is cool, but she's been a bit of a bitch, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she is. But honestly, See, this is make this will make me feel like, man, am I an a-hole? Because part of me feels like, why don't she get it? I don't like you. Stay away from me. <laughs> We're tag champions. I don't like you. It is what it is. Let's just wrestle. Get away from me. <laughs> I've told you I don't like you. <laughs> we work okay, together. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> Do not confuse us as friends. We are work colleagues. All right? Work work acquaintances. If that, well, yeah. our next <laughs> fucking hell, our next match is <laughs> our next match is <sighs> our next match is Index, uh, Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell, of course, versus Jessica Mary and Robert Stone. Uh, Kamara got Loomis's face and slapped him. This set off Hartwell attacking Kamara viciously outside. Silence in the ring, forcing a submission while Loomis knocks Stone outside. Loomis and Hartwell stare intently at each other. Um, Indy goes to Beth Phoenix at ringside to get a little pep talk before returning to the ring and approaching Dexter. She gets on one knee and pulls out a ring and Loomis nods his ascent as she puts the ring on him and they smooch. Yes, they are. It's happening. Um, well, <laughs> let me just say, the only wrestling wedding ceremony I want to go off without a hitch. Uh, the things, Indy is spot on Dexter impression. I love yeah. the role Beth has played in this. Uh, Robert Stone finally wrestling. He will be in the next round of cuts. He was paying homage <laughs> to Steven Seagal uh, in this match. And... A horrible ponytail. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and I love. By the way, you, I didn't know if you were going to mention, but Baird's role also. He has done a great job of always just looking at this entire relationship with disgust. <laughs> 
I love his disgust. It's just great. Uh, yeah. Man, this, I agree. Beth played a great role. The drop, she's just so dramatic. She's over the top about it all. But I will. I do want to go back to our pie eating discussion. That was some really good pie. The fact that he's ready to get married already. Wow. Well, uh, I doubt. You know, he wants to buy the whole shop. Um, but, oh, but the thing is, is like what what can go wrong at the wedding? I mean, let's let's hopefully look forward to it. But like, it's you know, at that point, I'm already ready to laugh because I can see, especially with the way being involved. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. Unless when he finally speaks and they go, do you take, you know, Indy? I take Indy! And she's like, look, I can't. I, just, I can't. What's wrong with my voice? Have you got a problem? Like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> well, a good payoff. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Austin Theory kind of goes crazy and destroys everybody. That'd be pretty cool. But um, then we see Malcolm Bivens rolling up and say, Ed Dragunov is a heavyweight. So as far as he concerns, the match never happened. And Strong is still focused on being number one contender to NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And yes, you guessed it. Aya weighs 198 pounds. Um, we, we got <laughs> Gonzalez. Says from she showed up at TakeOver a year ago. She knew she was going to get into and that Kai would betray her one day. So Gonzalez knew Kai would betray her and yet still got betrayed by her. But still, Dakota says they're big words for Mama Cool, but how tough was she when she knocked her out weeks ago? Because she's dominated the division, she's a superstar now, and Kai isn't taking the title off her. Kai calls her uh, delusional. She gets her face off before she put her hands up until everything she knows, and she's going to make, she made her a somebody, and that take her a bit of somebody that she beats to become champion. Um, and then there was a bit at the end as well where um, Rachel, uh, Raquel said something to Kai, and Kai said, Oh, no, you didn't say that. And then they didn't reference it. And then right. I thought, What's, what, what was that about? Like, I can't even remember what the word was. Literally, after seven episodes, six episodes of NXT, you kind of forget yeah, she said what she called her sidekick, but... I believe. She called her a sidekick. And then that's what apparently, like, Dakota was offended. Oh, okay. So, you know, yeah, in a way. But yeah, I think if it was, I think she said you're, she called her sidekick. Oh, and... I thought it was psychic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was yeah, like, psychic. How could you be a psychic? Be a fucking like, oh, you're psychic. You are. How dare you? You're psychic. How dare you say that I can see the future? I knew you were gonna say that, but I'm, I'm upset. Like, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. That's right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, it was weird. I I must say, I I want to say my overall. I thought Dakota Kai again was spot on. I wonder who. Or like did like what what was the plan going in when it came to Raquel's promo? Because like you said, immediately she comes out and she says she knew it. But <laughs> you were literally begging for, for contenders to come to you. No one came out and you didn't see that your your best friend would be that like you knew it though. You know you see what I'm saying? Like it doesn't really add up with how everything played out. You know, especially with how hurt she looked right after the kick. So I don't really I didn't really too much care for that, but honestly, I again, I don't really even know if WWE are really or like NXT is really clear on who they want because I think the CWC is obviously going to be behind Dakota Kai. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but I just I don't necessarily see how you can look at this and not be behind Dakota Kai, even though she was the one who turned on 
Raquel. Raquel over over time has not does not seem more likable in this situation, if you see what I'm saying. So, you know, that the segment to me kind of put into, you know, more perspective of why I would like and you know, in, even though I think the match would be great, I would love Dakota Kai to take the title just based on not only what she's been through overall, but just like involvement in this story. And maybe make maybe maybe putting Raquel on the chase could change the way because I just don't see it as a babyface right now. I don't I don't know. But again, maybe this match isn't about babyface and heels. It's just personal. But you know, I don't really know like who is the one that's trying to garner sympathy in this story. Yeah, is it the unstoppable monster or is it the one that kind of made her in that position? Because you kind of think with Kai, you always right. got someone in your life that, you know, you brought in, you help them out, and then suddenly they think they're either like bigger or better. And then all of a sudden right. it's like, hang on a second here. Like, if you compare it to maybe like a Shawn Michaels Diesel back in the day, you know, yeah, exactly. between those two before they started becoming, you know, friends again. But even then, we like to take over Twist Twit, like Kai winning. I think Kai has been one of the most consistent women in NXT for at least a good couple of years. And I don't think she gets the credit maybe others do. Yeah, I agree. I think barring injury, you know, the the tough injury that she's had, that she's went through and overcame, you know, that's the only thing that probably is, that would be preventing her. But like, just the way we, we hold Candice LeRae to kind of this status in the women's division because what she's done, Dakota Kai is not too far behind, you know, not only just what she's done in NXT, but just like over, the span of her career. So, like, again, when you think about how Dakota Kai's always come up short to Shayna Baszler over the years and all of that type of stuff, and, you know, the storyline now when Dakota Kai, before she actually kind of found her edge. So it's just a great story overall there for Dakota Kai if this could be her moment. And it tells a great story uh, when it comes to Raquel's evolution, you know, uh, as a character. So, uh, again, I'm very invested in what they have going on here. But I don't see how you can look at this situation and not want to root for Dakota Kai. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. Well, up next, NXT breakout semifinals. Carmelo Hayes versus Duke Hudson. Hayes hit a scissor kick followed by jumping DDT on the apron, which looked like it killed Hudson. This is yes. Enough oh, my to God. Take the vit- I mean, it was, it was bad. I mean, even when the commentator's back to it, you know there's a problem. Uh, but uh, some fucking... I don't, I don't know how Hayes pulled it out, but a diving leg drop got the win. And he promised to be the final boss that took down, honestly, Jones. This brought out the big man to promise to beat Hayes. Um, I was surprised Hudson lost because I thought that maybe had been a better matchup for the final. I agree. I 100% agree. I, I thought he was actually, I think I mentioned this when I picked Odyssey Jones, that uh, Duke Hudson was probably my second favorite in this entire tournament. So it was definitely a surprise. But I must say, over the past, the span of, the, of, of this tournament, Carmelo Hayes has impressed in every match that he has been in, in my opinion, I think he's had uh, this match included and the match before this were two of the best matches of the entire tournament so far. And I, I must say that in this tournament, even though I believe Odyssey Jones will win and I'm sticking with my pick, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Carmelo Hayes pulls it out. And also, I believe, some, if you want to say the definition of just breaking out, like Odyssey Jones is easily going to be a star. But Carmelo Hayes, based on the matches in this tournament, may be the only one that is in this tournament that have truly broken out. And if you look, if you see what I'm trying to say, based on the quality of matches he's had. Yeah, well, I think without a doubt, like you said, I'm hoping one day with a tournament to lose to the guy, to lose to the guy who loses to the guy that actually wins it. And that's the dream for me anyway. 
Uh, back from commercial million dollar man's Ted DiBiase visits Cameron Grimes in his tra- trainer's room. He apologises, but Grimes says he got himself into this mess and all Ted did was give him the opportunity to win the million dollar championship he wanted. But when he stopped believing himself, the million dollar man believed in him. And he ain't a butler. He tears his shirt off and says he's going to be a million dollar champions going to the moon. A fucking Grimes explained everything and knocked out the park. Promo. <laughs> The, like, that, by the way, something that I didn't realize when he was saying it as a heel has just crossed over so well. That's the baby face. That, 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 that catchphrase in itself, if you see what I'm saying, has just, it's just amazing to me how something that I was looking at as annoying when he was doing it as a heel worked so well as a baby face also. <laughs> and like I said, that shot to the moon, to the moon, it's so simple as well. Right. Uh, that it, like I said, it just it just works, and I cannot wait uh, for takeover. And the NXT Tag Team Championships on the line: Imperium, Fabian Knight, and Marcel Barthel versus MSK, Nash Carter, and Wesley. And Barthel lost his hold on the worn down champions as Volta walked out to watch closely. Nash Carter got the hot tag, and the two nearly took the win. Volta distracted referee set up Imperium's finisher, but Ale Dragunov arrived to take out the champion. In the chaos, MSK hit an elevated blockbuster for the victory, and Volta barely paid attention to his attempt to take out his number one contender. Um, post-match, we get a wild brawl, and Volta powerbombs Carter into the apron. Imperium get Dragunov in the ring alone, and Volta chokes him out. Um, like I said, Volta looks at Imperium and says, I will have to do this myself. Got off his throne, you know, and walked down right. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, literally, this is a job for me. Uh, what do you think of this this matchup? And Volta is just fucking just dominant. Oh, man, he looked great. And it was just perfect for his character, like you said, to just come down and, just, you know, make the tag champions look like fodder. You know, just throw them, ah, get out of my way. And then, you know, you take out your challenger and just stand tall. And, uh, you know, uh, a good again, like I mentioned earlier, Triple H with the news and with not knowing the future of most of his roster said, I'm gonna lean on the strongest story that I have in NXT, you know, across both brands. If you want to think, if you really want to think about it, and because of the hype of that first, you know, dragging off in a Volta match. So, uh, I, I think this was a, a strong way to end uh, this, you know, this segment. It was a strong match, too, by the way. Again, I keep uh, referencing uh, this. By the way, I want to point this out. MSK has pretty much beaten everyone. I think commentary, I think uh, Vic Joseph did a good job of mentioning this on commentary. And, uh, you know, that they've taken out, you know, the dangerous bastards. They've taken out uh, GYV, now Imperium, and, you know, uh, Brazongo when they were there. So it's like, what do you do now in that division? Is there a team that even looks even close to priming or on to or even close to that level. I don't necessarily think so since they've beaten everyone. So that's an interesting note too. But the brawl leading up to that championship match, I know you can't wait. And I think this did a great job of just getting everyone else along the ride and getting them ready for this weekend. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt where we see Cameron Cross Joe walking backstage in a split split screen. I said it's about Break even. I'm losing power of speech. Uh, Pete Dunn is standing in front of a brick wall with Ridge Holland. Pete says, don't step to geezers like them. Ridge said he doesn't care how long Timothy Thatcher and Shamrock but he respects that they've got, they got the bollocks to challenge him. He's going to make his name at Thatcher's expense next week. Um, well, the thing is, they, they 
the parlance like wanker and bollocks, which I hear from like Will Ospreay or these guys. And I think that would not be allowed on British TV at that time. <laughs> right. It's cultural. It's just like just different. We don't really even look at the word. I think Drew McIntyre gets away with it every now and then. <laughs> so, you know, it just happens. One of those things of good old Americans not paying any attention. <laughs> well, all the wankers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. loads of wankers, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Samoa Joe makes his entrance and gets on the mic. He said he's not a man here to uh, hurt Karen Cross's feelings. He's simply here to hurt him. So tuck your clock in your back pocket and find out what happens when a little less space and a lot more opportunity between them. Enter Karrion Cross. He says he's not going to let Joe walk in after 36 months off and win the NXT Championship. Ah, that's why it's TakeOver 36 then. Uh, he's called the security down right now, not to protect himself, but to protect Samoa Joe. He gets to me and says he's going to drop Joe, but Samoa attacks first, knocks him down with a headbutt. Off the rope, Joe dives into a pile of security guards. How long have we waited to see that? He then takes Cross to the legs, into the apron, to the steps. Hammer punches the security, pulls them away. Um, and then they have this couple of things on this episode of NXT kind of didn't work straight away. Even when they went into the kind of Lexham panel, it kind of took a little time to break straight away, didn't it? You know, uh, I still really enjoyed the, the, the fighting between the two. Um, and this is the thing, you mentioned it straight at the start. If Cross hadn't been on Raw, this would have been even more special, wouldn't it? Oh, man, it would have been, like you said, it just would have been built because, like, that, that, um, again, every if you watch Raw every week, you kind of get a weekly, I, I don't know about, to make it simple, a disconnect from what we see on Wednesday or what we've been seeing. The interest is different. The, uh, the Everything about the presentation is completely different than the carrying cross, the champion that we have come to know. So uh, without that, if you take that away, he's still that that unstoppable monster that he's been. And, I, you know, and maybe some people I've seen it on the Internet, maybe what Adam Cole said kind of started to take away some of that armor. But at the same time, you can't tell me that promo kill, uh, killed him, you know, yeah. uh, public opinion wise more than losing the Jeff Hardy in his first debut or losing the elements of his entrance that make him so special or make him different. So, you know, a lot of that stuff was put into place, obviously, by design. And the Jeff Hart, that Jeff Hardy thing and the Adam Cole promo kind of go hand. So, I agree. I think this all of this would have been even more special if he uh, was still the special champion that he was pre-Raw. Even, you know, maybe even pre-Adam Cole. But uh, at the, in the end of the day, like you said, for people like me who've just been waiting for Samoa Jones' return pre-release, like even when he was just doing commentary on Monday Night Raw, I'm just waiting for any glimmer of hope that he will return to the ring. So to finally, to see that suicide down, to see just, you know, a, to get a taste of what we may see this weekend, you know, it's going to be his first match in a year. So I don't know what really to expect, but at the same time, he has a track record of just putting on great performances and, you know, great physical, telling great physical stories. So I, I can't wait to finally put all the talking behind us and get to watching uh, what happens at takeover? Well, that's out. So finally, we're just going to run through the takeover card quickly. And after that brilliant build for, like you said, with Joe and Cross, uh, I'm going to ask you what, your, what match you're looking forward to most. So we've got Volta versus I for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Karen Cross versus Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship. 
Uh, Raquel Gonzalez versus Kai for the NXT Women's title. LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship. And Kyla Riley versus Adam Cole, two out of three. I will say personally, I think the match, I'm not that interested. <laughs> it's weird. I Riley and Cole, even though I know it's going to be like 45 minutes and really good. <laughs> the rest of the card, right. I'm really buzzing for, you know? I, I agree 100%. It's amazing when you think about how many times you've seen a card in the two out of three falls match. It's probably the, the match you're least excited for. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that just shows you how well the other matches' stories are by comparison. You know, by comparison to what Colorado and Co has has going, uh, you know, the rest stories are not only fresher, but they're just more interesting. And the people that are involved are just, you know, it's just they're just overall better at this point. And the match, like you said, will be great. But I agree, as far as building and what they've built up to in, in this takeover, that match is. Yeah, I would say. I mean, for me personally, match I'm most looking forward to. Uh, that's talked about Jagannath versus Volta. And again, I don't mind sharing. You know, this is the whole point. This is why I, I like watching wrestling, different wrestling with different people to show them. But all these people that are going to jump on the bandwagon over the weekend and go, oh, I versus Volta are going to steal the show or whatever bullshit. We know us two, two months ago, what it was going to be like, you know? So I think that is the match yeah. that it, for me, and I'm going to chink myself, but it can't be bad. <laughs> it can't. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You know, it's going to be tough. To, uh, to 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 not be and, and I just I don't see a scenario. You got to be some freak, something something weird. I don't know. Something weird has to happen for that to be ruined. So I, I don't disagree there. Uh, you know, and as much as I am hyped for the Samoa Joe and Cross uh, matchup, I must say that because of what I mentioned and how long it has been since Joe has had one match, I still don't necessarily know what to expect, because even though I, I'm interested to see what Joe and Cross can do, uh, but their styles are so similar, I don't know if it'll uh, even compare to what we're, the violence and the the impact and just the type of wrestling we're going to see out of Walter and Dragunov. So I think it was, that's why another reason I want to say, I think it was really smart to uh, lean on NXT, those, the UK guys, these last few weeks, to not only build the familiarity for people, on the outside, who doesn't, who don't, you know, view NXT UK, but also just to, uh, you know, showcase or give a tease for anyone who don't know and the people who do know of what's coming at Takeover, and I think we're all gonna be in for like one of the best matches in the world again when Dragonoff and Walter take place. So I'm definitely most excited for that, even though I may be more interested in some of the other stories. Like I may be more interested in what Grimes and LA Knight is doing story wise, but I don't I don't see how can I not be, you know, anymore. And I was I was very amped up for the Vault and Dragon on match weeks ago. So Well, that's what I'm saying. And and that's what a takeover and that's what makes it so special because you can talk it up as much as you want and it will never let you down. Uh, but that is it for today. Uh, don't forget, of course, all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Monty, where can people find you? At my Monty Pod on Twitter. You know, just hit me up on there. All my links are there. Everything you need to know is there, and everything you will need to know will be there. At my Monty Pod on Twitter. Well, WNR also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all Google platforms. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com and YouTube, WNR Podcast. We have all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube, Cloud. On your phone, also Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Uh, I'd just like to thank everybody for tuning into our live show yesterday. 
for SummerSlam party. Uh, and we're going to have more Monty coming up as well because you will be joining us hopefully on Tuesday for the NXT TakeOver 36 review of it. We've talked for two and a half hours. Now we're going to actually watch the event. About damn time, right? <laughs> <laughs> a shallow of a doubt. Uh, but until then, I've been James Rollins and I was joined by Monty. Yeah, Monty, thanks for being on the show. Like I said, you're part of the family now, son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is this a, is this a weird Austin Theory Gargano thing we have going on here? Or, you know, I don't know how even how far away in age we are at this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I call you son. I'm actually <laughs> ten years younger than you. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a kind of more of like you know when Austin used to go Jesus Christ son, go damn kid <laughs> like that kind of you know like yeah. anyway. Uh, I have yeah, goddamn kid. But anyway, <laughs> that is it for today's show, which has probably had more laughs packed in it than a podcast has in a very long time. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Adios. <laughs>